you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 48 of our fine show. This week, we're going to be talking about Suspiria, Wildlife, and Overlord. Three new releases this time. Overlord. That was Tom. Hey. Joining me as always. What's going on, man? Uh, just kicking back in, yeah. uh, in your new place. Trying out a new format. Travis oh, yeah. coined it the chill cast. This is the chill cast. <laughs> At Matt's house, on the couch, mics in hand, no stands. Feels a little weird, not going to lie. Laid back on the couch. I don't know. I'm, it's I'm informal. Good. I, I kind of dig it. I'm more of a formal podcast kind of guy. Yeah. No way, dude. Two beers from now, you'll be loving this. <laughs> you're going to be gesturing with your mic. We're not going to hear anything that you're saying. Yeah, you can get more animated because you don't have to worry about where your mouth is positioned. Pointing like Babe Ruth. You don't worry about Ruth. where your hand is positioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. Can't so. look at Tom too much, though, because he's directly to my left. Oh, just turn your head and look at him. He's but not an ambi turner. I have to move my arm with so? my head. He can't turn left. Twice as much work. <laughs> Uh, so before we start talking about our movies, uh, what's been going on? Who wants to go first? Uh, well, I have two really, really big pieces of news. Oh, shit. Let's hear it. Yeah. Lay it on us. Number one, Blazers, off to such a hot start. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. They're 10-3. and three. Last week was a 3-0 and week. Just beat the Celtics last night. Number four in ESPN's weekly power rankings. You just look that up? Uh... I looked it up to double check. <laughs> hey, at least but I was pretty sure it was four. At least you're fact checking. Um, I'm loving every second of it, and uh, it's never been a better time to jump on, to be alive. That too. Yeah, I'm going to try and watch every game this season. Uh, every game. Thirteen for thirteen so far. Hulu Live. <laughs> yeah, Hulu Live. Oh, update on the recording thing. Oh yes. So. If you so as long as it's not a national broadcast like TNT or ESPN, and it's fully recorded, it will let me fast forward through commercials. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you can you can schedule stuff ahead of time, right? <clears throat> yeah, except I I still haven't set up. You there's probably a way to do an extended recording, but if a game goes into overtime, I'm screwed, which sucks. Oh yeah, because on like comcast dvrs and shit like that they give you the yeah. option like this is a live recording do you want to extend it by whatever oh yeah you yeah. haven't found that option on hulu yet i haven't looked but uh you know it's such a rare chance i just risk it <laughs> <laughs> and i'm usually watching it like way too late anyway so it's just i need to go to bed how long is the average <laughs> like regulation basketball game I'm talking like Probably two like hours, three hours with commercials three hours. Yeah, just the actual broadcast. And the like, and halftime, two and a half hours. Two and a half, okay. Yeah, about. But Not I bad. can get through that in like an hour and a half if I have if you can fast, fast forward, forward functionality. Yeah. Mm. So that's the big piece so of news. So do you news. do the whole thing where you don't check the scores or anything until after you watch it? Absolutely, yeah. How do you avoid all that on your phone? Br- bring your mic with you. You're doing I... the thing you were doing before. <laughs> <laughs> just track? <laughs> It's close enough. It'll pick it up. Right? <laughs> it's <yeah. laughs> No one heard that. Um, what was your question? Uh, how do I avoid it? Yeah, how do you avoid the scores? Well, I don't have like to avoid phone it for that long. I just don't go on my ESPN app. Oh, okay. You don't have, like, Twitter's not blowing up or anything no, like that? No, 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 no. None of your Blazer f- friends? I don't have any Blazer friends. Blazer okay. friends? I have one Blazer friend. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're part of, like, some street team or something. 
God, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> NBA Street. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably look for a community. Yeah, you probably should. Except I kind of like being a lone wolf in this, you know? <clears throat> like me and the Raiders over here? Yeah, but there's a community of lonely Raider fans out there. Yeah, I mean, we are the Raider Nation. Yeah, and you're everywhere, <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Yeah, so. but I'm one of the coolest Raider fans out there, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's you and my dad. You heard so. it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Raiders, oh, yikes. You're done? Going for the first pick of the draft. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can really get excited about right now. Did they play They play this week, right? Or they were on bye? They lost again. To? Uh, Chargers. Oh, well, that was to be expected. Got their asses kicked on Monday night against the Niners the week before I against that, yeah. some no-name jabroni quarterback first start of his career. The worst team in the NFL got smoked by the second worst team in the NFL. Pretty much, but it was. I still thought it was going to be at least a game, and it just wasn't. It was like thirty-four to seven. Goddamn, dude! I think they're they've already thrown in the towel, they're like done. a few weeks ago. But you know, as an organization, you got to pretend like you're still trying to win every week. Like the mm-hmm. ship's not sinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got it under control. Don't worry about Let's it. See. What's your other piece of news, Tom? Oh, I won my very first battle royale first person shooter game in call of duty blackout duos you and zach yes split screen couch (laughs) co-op it was amazing (laughs) drinking whiskey all afternoon finally got that win how did it feel i haven't seen a victory yet on that game oh screamed at the top of my lungs uh we we high-fived we shouted (laughs) Hell yeah. Did you take a shot? We uh, we finished the bottle. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was an epic finish, too, because we got down to three. And I'd never been in this situation, but I guess they don't do another circle when you get to the end. There's just this countdown. Hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, if they get to the bottom of that, we like none of us win, probably. So I busted out my little recon car, drove it around, found the guy while Zach was posting lookout. And then we went and killed. We went and killed him. Well done. Nice. That recon awesome. car coming in. Last clutch. second. I know. What do you use your resources? I know. I almost never do that. It was really like it was. It was a moment. <laughs> I know the feeling from Fortnite. It's yeah. It's a glorious feeling. Anyway, it was thrilling. That's my first time ever winning a battle royale. So uh, it's all downhill from here. I have been all over the multiplayer, mostly team deathmatch, but I've been playing way too much Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, prestige a second time yet? Oh yeah! Oh, my God. I haven't even prestiged the one time. Call of Duty yet. is back in full <laughs> force. Can't believe I would be saying that in 2018. Are you going to get Battle Battlefield Five? Have no time. It's going to be all spent playing Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to get out. You can't do two like similar games like that in the same season. You know what I mean? There's you only room alternate. for one. Yeah. And this year it's Call of Duty. Last year it was Madden. <laughs> Not the same type of game, but same level of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, how are you doing, Matt? Um, good. On I'm Call playing. of Duty. On Call of Duty? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. I suck at it. Yeah, yeah. I used to be a lot better at it. I mean, I'm I'm okay at multiplayer and Blackout, but I've been playing some zombies a little bit more with Haley. Nice. It's a good game. It's the best Call of Duty in a long time. Long time. I'm enjoying it. Playing a lot of Red Dead though. 
Oh yeah. I don't know about you, Yeehaw. Tom. Yeehaw. Oh yeah. Uh, trying to. I'm still in chapter two. Chapter two. That chapter doesn't four seem very now. far. There's a lot of missions, man. There's like 18 missions in chapter two. Hmm. It's a it's a long game, and you can kind of go at your own pace because you could just like power through the story missions if you want, or you can wander the wild and skin crocodiles and get in bar fights and all sorts <laughs> of fun stuff. <laughs> I somehow managed to accomplish nothing but play for hours anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do the missions, skin crocodiles. Dude, you could spend an hour like taking a bath. Playing poker <laughs> and then like going to bed, <laughs> just winding down for the it's night. Good use of time, yeah. I tried to do the fast travel for the first time. It takes like four minutes. <laughs> it's still faster than actually. Okay, it's not really Why four it minutes, so but long? it's like it's like multiple cutscenes with this slow. Like if you are not traveling across the map, you should not use fast travel. <laughs> did you or sir? Did you use like the stagecoach or your fast travel from camp? The map one from your camp yeah okay yeah yeah it's not four minutes but no but it's still it's like a minute it's a huge map though fast travel come on you can't skip it no i feel like you could do that on call or not call of duty grand theft auto you could like watch your whole taxi ride or you could just skip it and go it to still has to load it though I mean, yeah it's it's a big map you know like fallout you have to load and you do fast travel mm-hmm. for that too speaking of either of you guys getting fallout 76 i'm still playing four <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't think so unless people love it yeah i might it comes out tonight i might does it i think the embargo oh, wow. on the reviews goes up at a uh, nine o'clock our time is it i had so i don't know anything about this is it like just another fallout kind of i don't know i've heard some weird things about it because you can play multiplayer so you can like match up with people and you can go as like a clan or like destiny can- kind of yeah, kind of. Apparently, like, up to 12 people can load into a map. It's kind of like Destiny in the sense that it's like a shared world. Like, you will see other people in your world. But, but only you 12? You don't have to interact. Yeah. Well, because otherwise, I mean, it's a wasteland. Like, if you could just run into people everywhere, like, it wouldn't feel like a Fallout game. It's more like you have the potential to come across other travelers, but it's... Would you fight them at that point? You, well, you could work together. You can try and kill them, like... I don't know. Straight for the throat. <laughs> and then you end up getting killed and you lose all your shit. Knowing my luck. Um, but other than that, went to a bunch of shows. Oh, uh, so I went to three shows in the past week, but I'll only talk about one of them. Uh, I went with uh, my girlfriend to visit my parents uh, over the weekend. And this band that I used to see that's from Bellingham called Shook Ones. They just put out their first album in like nine years. And the last time I saw them was in 2009. They played a show in Bellingham for their record release. And Haley and I went up to visit my parents and then to, you know, to go to the show, but also to hang out at, for the weekend. And I asked my parents if they wanted to go to the show. And they said, yeah. So nice. my parents came to the punk show with us. Right uh, the uh, opening band is called Matriarch. My friend Casey's in that band. And they're like, um, uh, metal band i guess it's like super fast like i don't know i guess you could call it hardcore but kind of metallic sounding uh all women which is super cool but my dad was like (laughs) he just went up to the front row he just like Mm. walked up to the front they have a song called uh kill your local alpha male (laughs) and my dad's just at the front in his seahawks jacket Somebody started moshing, and my mom took an elbow to the back, and Ouch. she was like, yeah. 
they had fun, but right on. It was cool. They were the only people there that were older were these two like geezers who were like sitting on the side, but everyone else there was like college kids or old Bellingham people. Is Shook One an older band themselves? They've been around since like 2003, I think. Oh, it's so not name. that old. It's a good uh, band. Probably, I, mean, you know. I mean, not like Metallica old. No, no, no. That's what I thought they were, just from oh. the name. But. No, no, no. no. They just, they're a punk band that's been around for quite a while in punk years anyway. Yeah. And they're from Bellingham, so. But it was a good time. So, anyway, I went Sounds to like a good one. bunch of other shows, but I don't need to talk about them. Anything else you would like to mention before we move on to the first review? I feel here? like we're in an interview and Matt's on the hot seat right now. I'm on the hot seat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my Does it make you nervous? Here. Well, no, it's... No, I feel like two on I'm... One. Uh, what's the... Barbara Walters and you guys are... Uh, <laughs> we're the Safety Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> we're um, entrepreneurs. I think this is more of a good cop, bad bad cop type thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty soon, I'm gonna start like like hitting the counter over here, and Travis is gonna come around back and give you a little massage. So you're back up? Yes. See, I would if I was uh, gonna yeah. peg one of you guys, I would peg Travis. <laughs> I know, but up. I thought of the back massage, and I didn't want to be the one to give it to you. So <laughs> it's Travis. Fair enough. The whole role reversal thing. Yeah, it works. It's like Pineapple Express. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, if that's it, let's move on to our first feature review. We're going to be tackling Suspiria first. We have a clip. Here we go. When you dance the dance of another, you make yourself in the image of its creator. You empty yourself so that her work can live within you. Do you understand? Yeah. You're in a company now. You have to find your right place. You have to decide. What is it you want to be for this company? Is it the head? The spine? The sex? The heart? The hands. I want to be this company's hands. All right. Suspiria is a remake, reimagining? What are they calling this? We'll get into it. This is, uh, we'll call it a remake for now, of the 1977 classic by Dario Argento. Uh, Are you guys, did you guys see the original? Are you familiar Travis with this? Travis has seen it. I have I seen haven't. it three times. Oh, big it's fan, a huh? classic Italian giallo film. We'll get into it. You've seen it three times, really? Yeah, in oh, like shit. the last year and a half or so. Really? I wanted to catch up with it, but anyway, we'll circle back around to that. Plot synopsis on this reads... A darkness swirls at the center of a world-renowned dance company, one that will engulf the artistic director, an ambitious young dancer, and a grieving psychotherapist. Some will succumb to the nightmare. Others will finally wake up. Directed by Luca Guadagnino, director of Call Me By Your Name, which... uh, we all were a big fan of. It was mm, my favorite yeah. film of uh, 2017. Tom clocked in at number two on yours, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was number seven for me. Somewhere around there, yeah. We were, we were all fans. Uh, film stars Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, uh, Chloe Grace Moritz, Angela Winkler, and Mia Goth. Travis uh, opted to go first in this one, so... Uh, I did. Let us know what's going on. 
Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it's too much, Mike. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I elected to go first because uh, I want to make sure I had something to say. Mm-hmm. Didn't want you guys to take all the easy ones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, let's see. Where do I start? Um, I'm not going to come into this movie negatively, but, but you're leave negatively. No. I was not over the moon for the movie either. I think this is one of those movies where it either just wasn't for me or it went over my head or a combination of both. Overall, I think I'm on the positive side, but I think I need to see it at least one more time to even give an actual opinion on the movie itself. Fair? Sure. (laughs) I don't know what you thought of the movie, though. I thought it was okay. I mean, I like I said, I don't really have much of an opinion on it. I thought it was pretty long and pretty dense, like just a lot to piece together. And it it felt pretty complicated to me and way more complicated than the original. And we can talk about that in a bit. But um, things I liked, um, I really liked the score. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Tom York from radiohead there was a moment okay i'll i'll say it later okay go ahead um i don't know if like him singing in the score was necessary in the movie but i really like the songs of him singing yeah it was a little it kind of took me out of it and i i enjoyed it but hearing tom york's voice who has a very distinct voice i mean yeah. Yeah. Hearing his voice playing Just over think of Radiohead, but which that's true. It was a little distracting, but I enjoyed it. There's one particular scene toward the end of the movie that's probably my favorite scene of the year, if not in years, um, where one of the songs that he wrote, you know, he sings over what's happening. And that, yeah. that was pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the score. He, he doesn't sing through most of it. There's only a couple no. tracks yeah. where he actually There's sings. one in the middle that felt like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of jarring. I heard know? an yeah. interview from Luca Guadagnino where he basically said he didn't plan on having like lyrics in his score, but then Tom York sent him stuff with lyrics, and he's like, well, if Tom York wants lyrics in his <laughs> score, then he can have them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it ended up working. Um, so... Um, what else? Um, I thought a couple of the, uh, what do we call them, set pieces or like gore sequences were pretty rad. Mm. Um, pretty disturbing. Yes. Um, so you guys have not seen the original. Correct. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I feel like it should not be called a remake. It seems like a just complete reimagining of the idea that the original was based on. The original was based on some, like, I don't even know, some, like, folk tale or myth. I don't even know, but... Something obscure. Yeah, with, like, about three witches and, like, Dario Argento made three separate movies about all these different witches. Mm -hmm. It was uh, Inferno was one of them, right? Yeah, and then the the other one just came out, like, in 2007... So it was like he a just finished the trilogy. Departure. Like, yeah. Fuck, I didn't know that. Um, I think it's called like the Mother of Tears or something like that. I didn't even know he was still making movies. He's still like, I mean, I, well, that, was that might be his last that. movie he's made. But yeah, he, I mean, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. He's been to like the like a couple comic cons or whatever right, recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like the original. I mainly like it just because it 
it is kind of simple and it doesn't make complete sense like there's just some parts of the movie you just kind of have to take with a grain of salt like it's kind of campy in a way but like i love the music of the original as well um like the whole color palette's awesome and it's just like a, a fun movie to watch um but yeah they are like completely different and i just feel like it's weird to call this a remake yeah i mean reimagining i guess is a better yeah a better term because i mean this the ba- the basic plot's the same right i mean it's a dance studio it involves witches and i mean yeah but this one goes like way more in depth the, the first one you kind of just have to like piece certain things together and like i guess this is the you know the plot of the movie well this one's also what a full hour longer than the original yeah people have been uh calling it a horror horror pick that apparently the cast is saying it's a horror epic mm. and there's some acronym that they came up with it's like horror pick or something like that horcrux or a horcrux yes <laughs> that they're using to describe this movie um so how long was it it's two over half. two and a half yeah when half i left hours. i was like whoa let me get the like uh, 11 <laughs> two hours and 32 minutes so i also feel like i maybe could have benefited from it more if i um had a little bit more like social or cultural context you mean for the backdrop the political yeah stuff that was going that on? and i feel like there was some um like very recent stuff that he was trying to put into the movie but i didn't really like grasp it all i will say the political stuff like i can't make heads or tails of of really why that was in there maybe it's just because i don't understand the context or how it fits into the context of the movie that we're watching i I didn't get it either I, i tried i'm sure there's something there that is like just requires knowledge that i just don't have yeah so where I fall on it, kind of kind of similar to Travis in that I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say I really understand the movie. I can, you know, point A to point B, I get the trajectory, but a lot of what happens in between, I don't really know what the, there's a lot of themes that are going on in this movie. There's I a lot so of characters. Why, why would you feel bad? I said I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> but the, the difference is that I was completely entranced by this movie mm. from start to finish oh yeah people have said there's pacing <laughs> issues i was on wrong board with it the whole time <laughs> so it's it's kind of similar honestly like i kind of had a similar reaction to this that i had to the fountain the first time i saw it where i knew i was watching something special and something that i really love but i didn't necessarily wasn't able to make sense of what i was seeing um I have similar feelings about this movie. I, you know, I, did I get everything the movie's trying to do on a first watch? Absolutely not. But I thought the acting was incredible. <clears throat> the imagery, some of the stuff that Luca Guadagnino does in this. And maybe we can get into it if we want to talk spoilers. But the climax of the movie is probably, it's easily my favorite scene I've seen all year. It's, are we talking? It was, I was blown away. Where things it. go haywire? Like, the, insane? Yes, absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> yes. Okay. I would, the whole time I was just like, I felt like my jaw was on the floor, you know, like mouth agape, just like, this is yeah. crazy. Yeah, what the fuck am I watching? But it was, it was, like, tonally, it was so interesting because what we were actually seeing was very grotesque. 
But the music that's playing and the way everything is filmed and framed is kind of beautiful, you know? Yeah. So you have this, like, these two things butting heads with each other because what you're seeing is disgusting. But I was almost... It was almost perverse, you know? Well, like I, It was almost like a dance. Like Yeah, it's oh, so... totally. <laughs> it was, I was fascinated by that. I thought it was yeah. incredible. Tom? Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I think it's a testament to the film how it can be so, like, arthousey and so, uh, like, obscure and difficult to articulate. Um, and potentially so cheesy. <laughs> like, yeah. Some of the stuff towards the end is like, what, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? There were some laughs in in the yeah. screen that we saw. Yeah, totally. Which it's hard to say if it's because people were just uncomfortable with what they were watching, or if they were genuinely like, "This is stupid." I think I could see it go either way. I think they were in between. I think it's like, what the, what am I looking at? And like. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, we're not communicating anything to our listeners right now because they <laughs> haven't seen this movie. But it's uh, it's very bizarre. And if you like want to be that person who just laughs at everything, you easily easily could. But for me, I was like so fully on board. They and they could have lost me at the end. You know, Luca could have lost me at the end, but. But he didn't. And maybe I'm just a sucker for witches, which apparently is something I'm learning about myself over the last couple of years. (laughs) Fucking love witches. Um, But I I love this movie. Uh, And that that first, I think the first time that you experience the movies, how far it's willing to go in the uh, direction of grotesque and uh, brutal visual uh things is like kind of a wake-up call because it early on you're not really sure what the movie's gonna be and it's not super super scary and tom york's music is weird and just ethereal so you don't know you don't know what to expect really it's not a horror but it's not really anything else either so yeah and that scene you're referring to like kind of the first glimpse of when the movie kind of crosses into like grotesque horror, that's mm-hmm. probably like an hour into the movie. I mean, what we can say is that it's it's seven chapters, right? The movie is broken up into seven chapters with with an epilogue, right? Mm-hmm. I think the scene you're referring to is probably like chapter three or four. I, I think. think it's three. It happens also, pretty late. Also, real quick about the whole act structure. Mm-hmm. What was the point of that? <laughs> Well, I mean, thematic- uh, thematically, I think there's I don't probably really feel a like point. It, it needed it. Like every time those title cards went up, and by the time we got to like four or five, I was just like, no, "How many fucking <laughs> acts are there?" I think, <laughs> I think that 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 does add to the movie because you kind of understand that there's going to be a beginning, middle, and end, and that you're going to see this whole thing play out. I think that could sort of speak to what you were saying earlier about the epic element of the film you know just because you take hmm? just because you take acts on the screen it makes it epic yes okay. <laughs> from a story structure just think stand, about the difference sure. of watching a movie where it's like you're just proceeding with the film and you're you know it could end at any moment or the shining didn't or whatever 
But even after, <laughs> even after you saw, even after you saw the scene that we've already referenced, you you knew there was going to be something after that. You knew you were going to get some sort of closure, or at least epilogue, uh, or follow up to that. So it wasn't just going to leave you hanging Man, the way that. How ballsy else would it have been though if it would have ended right after that? It might as well have. <laughs> I was just like nice, yeah. I was just. <laughs> in a constant exhale for the next 10 minutes as the movie wrapped up. Well, then the other thing about doing the act structure, it didn't bother me in this movie, but in other movies it has, especially long movies that kind of follow this act structure where they actually have title cards that say which act you're in. It really makes you feel the length sometimes Mm -hmm. because it'll say, you know, you know, it's five acts or whatever it is. And then you see it go act two, act three, and you're like, God, we're only in act three now? <laughs> you know, like, I've yeah. had, like, I kind of felt, I love The Hateful Eight, but I kind of felt that way with The Hateful Eight, because it has those mm-hmm. those act cards, you know what I mean? Did not bother me in this movie, because I was just so entranced by the whole thing. Well, oh. I didn't know how many to expect. They said at the beginning how many. There was, like, a, a title card that was, like, this movie has seven acts and an epilogue. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Was it like part of the film yeah. or was it? It was the very beginning. It, it tells you it's the part structure of the, of the movie. movie. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about, Tom? Did you see that? Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> At the very beginning of the movie, it starts with a title card that, that says oh, yeah. this movie contains, or something like that, yeah. contains seven acts in an epilogue. Yeah. yeah. I either completely I missed that, that or was, well, it must have been part of my <laughs> showing. I guess I just missed it. Yeah, that might have made it even worse. Yeah, because if I because w- I thought for sure you would hate that because what I just said, you know, being able to see yeah. the acts like if it's a, it's a long movie and if the act three title two comes pops in, up and you're two not comes loving in it, at twenty minutes. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I thought it was gonna be three acts, and so when the third act comes up in like what an hour in or so, yeah, I was just like, not. this is gonna be a long ass act three. <laughs> <laughs> And then the epilogue, and I was just like, oh my god, what is this? Is this going to be a PSS at the end? <laughs> what uh, did you guys think of the performances in this movie? Wait, wait. I have to, before I forget, mm-hmm. the thing I was going to say about the Tom York track. Oh, yeah. So his music, there's a song that kicks in or something right as you meet Tilda Swinton's character for the first time. And I was just like, Jesus, those two look alike. Her and Tom York, like with the oh, middle yeah. part on the side. <laughs> <laughs> also, has anybody ever been more uh, accurately cast than Tilda Swinton as a witch? She was great. She was great. Perfect witch. Perfect. Damn. Well, and she's not, I mean, we should say she's not just M- Madame Blanc, is who you're referring to. Mm-hmm. She plays two other parts in the movie, too. So I will say, did not even realize that till after the movie. Really? What? And did you know that, Tom? I don't know what you're saying right now. Oh, his mind's going to be blown. Uh, the old man, the psychotherapist. That's Tilda Swinton. Are you kidding me? No. Yosef, uh, what is his, what's the name? I thought Yosef that guy looked weird. Is she now your favorite actress of all time? <laughs> does she just... Yeah, Dr. Yosef Klemperer. Does she, she dethrone Kate Blanchett? No, I was going to say. You couldn't tell the, the voice. Like, I mean, you're meant to think that something's just kind of off thought he about was this guy. Weird. So yeah. wait, which one was the third one? Because I still haven't even figured that out yet. Mother Marcos. Okay, I, that's oh, cheating now. The nasty. The nasty. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's 
her too. That's her too. <laughs> oh my god! Talk about chameleon. <laughs> Could you imagine being in that that makeup or suit or whatever? It's just one scene. I know, but like, man. Um, do you think she just like kept that on? Just like went to like do an IKEA run or like get some coffee? <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard she's she, in her trailer. I heard she wore the like prosthetic dick her entire time playing that character. Oh yeah, so she could really embody it when she was and playing a man, doctor. Yeah, you know. prosthetic dick. Interesting. Um, Dakota Johnson was pretty good too, and I mean she, her role isn't like that that interesting, I guess, but. After I found out what she was from, I was like, oh, okay, so she's got some chops mm-hmm. more than I thought or yeah. would have expected. I never saw Fifty Shades of Grey, but... Oh, another scene um, that I thought was absolutely stunning was the main dance scene when they're wearing like oh. the, the rope stuff and like the way that was filmed and how it beautiful the choreography was. Like, oh. So many moments like that in this movie where I was just like I could have... Blown away. The one thing that sort of disappointed me, it didn't disappoint me in the sense that I really love the dancing in this movie. Like the initial audition is probably the best uh, for me, but I wasn't really sold on them being like an elite dance group. They just didn't seem to have the, they didn't seem to be good enough to me. I thought they were pretty... I mean, I mean were, I'm not a, a dance connoisseur. They but. were good, but like Black Swan really sells it. Like you feel like they are elite Black Swan dancers. Better movie, right? No, I no? love Black Swan. No. Matthew, I think they're <laughs> they're probably on par for me. I'd have to think about it. Shame on you. Okay, how about The Witch? I'm going to throw out a few random titles. These are those are both better than The Witch. Those are both better. Than Suspiria, oh, okay. Suspiria, and Black Swan. Well, no, know. we're just talking about comparing to Suspiria. Suspiria is better. Okay. Well, yeah, I knew that based off your first answer, but <laughs> <laughs> The Shining. We're talking about horror, horror picks. Horror, horror picks. Horror Man, picks. I don't. The Shining is better. Yeah. Dude, I I don't ask me again in, in ten like years? a year. Ten years. I gotta see. It. I gotta <laughs> see it a couple more times. If we're talking first time viewing, I liked Suspiria more the first time I watched it than I liked The Shining. The first time I watched it. I didn't like The Shining very much. I thought it was boring the first time I watched it. Granted, I was much younger, but, yeah. you know, like... I feel like... I can't answer that question yet. For me, the two movies are kind of similar in just that they are, like, horror epics. And pacing, too. Similar in yeah. pacing. And also, it's hard to make sense of both of them on a first-time watch. And even if you do try and sense it out, it doesn't make perfect sense. But right. you can kind of just, you know... Oh, my God. Fill in the holes. I'm just <laughs> looking at pictures of Dr. Yosef right now. I thought uh, Mia Goth was really good, too. She played Sarah, like kind of the other main dancer. Yeah. She was quite good. Yeah. Um, yeah, just all around. Um, Pretty good. What did you I guys am... think about the romance? Romance. You mean uh, the lost, like the d- dead wife romance, or...? No. What romance are you talking about? I meant, uh, well, I don't want to spoil. Between uh, Susie and Sarah? No, Susie and Blanc. The romance? Yeah. What? Like the ten- sex, like the tension, you mean? Same thing. Well, not the same that thing. <laughs> Sexual tension and the romance. She literally uses the words, you love me. 
Who, wait, Susie, Susie does? does or? Yeah. Like, th- would, did she mean it in that way, though? You love me, like, romantically? I don't know. Now I didn't that I know the that. ending of the movie, I could interpret it a different way. I didn't interpret it that way, but. I don't know. Should we get in some spoilers? I feel like we've done a terrible job at describing this Actually movie. Actually describing the movie. It. But I mean, like, it's one of those movies that it's it's hard to talk about. So if you haven't seen the movie, you know, I think you should absolutely go see it. You know, maybe yeah. us talking about it hasn't, you know, well, convinced the listeners one way or the other. But I feel like you just have to see it. Yeah, but I don't really feel like this is a movie that should be recommended to all. No, it's not for everyone. <laughs> you have to kind of have a taste for something that's a little slower paced, uh, very graphic violence. You have yep. to have a stomach for that. And also just kind of obtuse yeah. thematically. Artistic. You know I mean? But I yes. love the way that the story unfolds itself. I love the way that you, the way that you, I mean, you, you can kind of make assumptions early, but you really get an introduction into sort of the the behind the scenes decisions and and things that are going on all the scenes where it's just the the madams or the is is that what they're called is that their title anyway i think so the women the witches who who run the school are great uh and yeah just the ethereal kind of magic of the movie it's also it's pretty easy to follow most of the time but then sometimes there are specific scenes where the editing is very like sporadic it's like quick cuts to images that completely out of context that you have you know you haven't seen that happen before just very quick like rapid fire cuts almost like dream like you know that are just like, what the fuck is happening? And Do then you mean the actual back. dream sequences? Well, there's those too, but then there's also just, like, there's not a character dreaming. It'll just these weird transitions where mm-hmm. it'll just, you'll see these very strange split second images that just pop up on the screen of like a, a bloody face or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that kind of come out of nowhere. I thought those were the dreams that, that Susie, that was, Susie having. was having. All yeah. of them? Yeah. I mean, that might be the case, yeah. Um, I am really curious, though, for you guys to check out the original. I wanted to try. I have a feeling you will not dig it. Me? Yeah. Why? Um, I have a feeling you might just think it's kind of silly. Mm. And <laughs> like now, especially that you've seen this one, I mm. almost feel like you may have like tainted your experience to watch the original a little bit more. Probably. Yeah. I want to see it. It's um. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I went to Scarecrow Video for the first time, which is probably like 10 blocks from where I live, and it's uh, it's like a one of the last video rental stores in the area, but it has the largest video collection in the world, over 130,000 titles. Like, some stuff is so rare, out of print, that it requires a $200 deposit just to check it out. What? That's some crazy <laughs> shit there. And it's awesome. I, I, we, Haley and I spent like an hour there just checking. Mm. Like we didn't rent anything. We just wanted to see what it was like. And yeah, it's something Is else. That the place we're down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on. It's on the street that we're on right mm-hmm. now. Um, but they have they have all of Argento stuff. They have Argento has his own section. Like there's a section of the store that's uh, alphabetical by like prestigious directors not just famous that. directors you know i love that it goes from like argento it goes from like wes anderson to dario argento to altman you know like they have all sorts of crap so i, I 
I might try and watch Suspiria that way. Maybe Inferno, I think, is the second one. But <clears throat> Yeah, I'd like to check out some of his other stuff. I've only seen Suspiria. And not that Suspiria is like my favorite or anything. I do like it a lot, but it's not sacred to me like some other people. Because some, some horror fans hold that up as like the movie it's very particular horror fans like some people just really love that like 70s italian like giallo horror yeah love it like even i really like the goblin score in the original but like they use the same piece over and over and i i may be wrong in saying this but i'm pretty sure that's like all they use is like the same piece of score just the one theme yeah and it'll come in basically every time there's going to be some you know which shit going on the the score cues up and um i w- like it's probably a bad thing to say but i do think this score is probably better as like a whole piece of music but like that singular like theme of goblins track is amazing probably more memorable than yeah. anything yeah and most people who are fans of the original would be like oh you're crazy yeah. but <laughs> as a, a complete score i think tommy orcs is better probably one of the best of the year not better than mandy Probably not better than You Were Never Really Here, but it's up there. I was listening to it all day today. I listened to it at work, too. It's good, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good shit. What are what are the odds that uh, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood, two... Uh, Nominated? Very impressive... Uh, well, did Oh, Greenwood did You Were Never Really Here, huh? Mm-hmm. That's why you said that. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Two different uh, creative forces in the same band churning out some killer That's crazy. film shit. Like, just that they're, they both come from the same band and they're both doing like prestigious scores now for I movies. I mean, Radiohead are like kind of the Beatles of our era. Not in like a popularity sense, but more just like incredibly right. talented people coming together. Like, yeah. But they already have that one song, Exit Music, for a film. Mm hmm. So. Off of uh, OK Computer? Yeah, so they're ready to go. <laughs> Do I know what you're talking about? <laughs> Probably not. Do you listen to Radiohead? Um, I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest fan of them, but I don't like dislike them either. Is Creep your favorite song? No. <laughs> it's about you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't okay. know if I have a favorite Radiohead song. I do like them. I should probably listen to them more. Let's uh, let's draw some star ratings on this and then move into a brief spoiler section. I Travis? give it sure. Oh. Five witches hats. Go ahead, Matt. Five witches hats. <laughs> uh. I'm going to go with a three and a half on my initial viewing. But I'll Witches put, hats? Put an asterisk next to that. No. Put Black an asterisk because you feel like it you could would go grow up. to appreciate it the more you This could be of... like a Blade Runner 2049 situation. <laughs> or a uh, Last Jedi situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, in the end, you guys always come over to my side. <laughs> Settle down over there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine peaked at a four point five for me. Right, watch it, watch it that third time, dude. I know mm-hmm. that's probably going to be it, right? Four K achieve Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, I own it. It's right over there. Yeah, I still haven't watched. I still haven't watched it. <laughs> I want to. I just. I, I did. Well, yeah, I, I saw it twice in theaters, but I'll, I'll probably watch it again eventually. Okay, so let's let's do a brief spoiler section for Suspiria. So if uh, I just want to talk about it, I don't really think there's anything to add. I just have to talk about a couple of these scenes. Yeah. Well, do you do you want you guys want to start with the, the we'll call it the climax, the the bloodbath? No, I let's like build to up. Say. Let's start with the dancing scene, the grotesque dance scene. Oh Ooh. yes, it's pretty hard to watch. Very hard to watch, and it went on and on. 
I'm assuming so wherever this movie premiered, I think it might have been like Venice or maybe Cannes. There was word that like it wasn't okay. So it actually wasn't the movie premiere. A scene got screened somewhere, maybe Comic Con, somewhere. They screened yeah. some scene, and the reports coming out of it were like, "Oh my god, it was horrifying. It was grotesque." I, I'm guessing it's probably. I'm pretty sure it was that that scene. dance scene because I had heard the initial news and everyone's just going crazy about it, and then I think I heard it on a podcast like in the last couple weeks where they were saying it was the scene where someone's like, you know, forcing someone's body to like contort and. So it's it's witchcraft, yeah. essentially. I mean, she so uh, Dakota Johnson is. Uh, it's not her audition, but she's performing for the first time in front of her new peers, trying to do uh, a, a, a scene. Yeah, p- performing the lead from a scene of like a what do you call it? A dance dance piece, I guess that she had seen a bunch of times in New York. Whatever a she dance. knew it. Um, so she's dancing and then there's kind of a disgraced dancer who had kind of wandered off and she just like ends up in this, what do you call it? Like it's, it's like an enclosed like dance studio, studio and she mm-hmm. can't get out. And then, yeah, she just fucked up big time. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. I really liked how it like her body stayed intact the whole time. Just cause like, I feel like I've never really seen that in a movie before like someone's body literally like just getting like mangled from the inside yeah. out like. and but just not ever like ripping you know like the skin never really like ripped yeah there's no actual gore it's just a lot of seeing bones move underneath skin and her like <laughs> and like the bruised like uh, stomach that she yeah. had and stuff Ugh. it was it was pretty gnarly yeah. but i love the juxtaposition of you have this mangled body mm-hmm. and then her like incredible dancing like mm-hmm. that was really cool so that that was that was the first kind of uh uh what crazy uh graphic scene I guess we can say. Yeah. There's really there's really not a ton of of graphic content in this No, movie. but there's mm-hmm. a lot of disturbing stuff like once you figure Very out eerie what, too. what the witches are actually like what they actually do with their victims. There's the two big ones, then there's like the compound fracture moment. Oh, when the when the, the girl gets her <laughs> when Sarah gets her legs stuck in the floor and oh, yeah. the bone sticks out, yeah, yeah. And then there's like some other like creepy witch imagery, and but beyond that, there's it's really like those two big scenes. And there's also that scene where they're humiliating the police officer, like making fun of his tiny dick. Oh and, yeah, like, we don't see it, but <laughs> we're led to believe they're. That about was a to- great scene. <laughs> I love how the witches are like simultaneously like lovable and just so evil. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but we're let we're meant to believe that we don't see it, but they're gonna take that hook and like put it through his nutsack or something. Like they're teasing his dick with uh, this hook, which is a recurring like image in the film. This this hook, meat hook. <laughs> yeah, d- uh, Doctor uh, Joseph, whatever Tilda Swinton's Yo, side character safe. steals it, throws it in the river. All sorts of just crazy stuff that happens in this movie that I think I need to see it again to kind of piece this stuff together. But yeah. um, now do we want to talk about the bloodbath? Yeah. Yeah. Mother yeah, Marcos. Well, a little, little bit leading up to it. The movie actually starts. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the movie starts with a vote. 
Yes. All of the witches voting well, early. for her way. Like they're either voting for Mother Marcos or Madame Blanc. As far as who they want to side with for the next, it's the light that they choose to follow. Or, yes, right, because it's light, lighter dark, the lighter dark path, right? Is what they call it. Did yeah. they say that? I think so. Yeah, Marcos or Polo. Oh, I thought they said you are not the, <laughs> the light that we choose to follow, implying that everyone is the light. It's is that what it which is? Which one they okay. decide to be their leader? Basically, it's pretty split, but. Marcos wins the vote, so they decide to follow Mother Marcos. I love that scene. That was great. Yeah, just the, the the witches, like the hissing of the witches voting, like the way they say the name. They're all just like pouring their morning coffee, and they're like Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> at, at that point in the movie, we don't have any context. Really, no, you don't know what. Not at all. We and don't... you don't know if Marcos is one of the women who's in the room, or if she's even a woman or what we also don't know who's saying what because the faces aren't matched to a voice you know we don't actually see who's speaking the words uh-huh. so leading up to the end of the movie there's like a ceremony that they've been building toward um and mother marcos is down there just looking gnarly as hell i mean they allude to the fact that her body is diseased and they're worried if she's even going to make it to the ceremony and then you see her and it's job of the hut it's pretty startling yeah <laughs> She's got those dope sunglasses, though. Those, oh, yeah, those are sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Mother uh, Madame Blanc is like, I got a bad feeling about this. Something's wrong. And she's just like, nope. Does like a karate chop, and then her neck just gets like severed, and there's blood yeah. spurting out of Tull Swinton's neck. That was pretty sick. But she doesn't die. She doesn't die. <laughs> okay, so we need to talk about that. We need to. I also have questions. So at what point is Susie no longer Susie because she seems to be on the stairs and she starts talking about how she is not, or she starts to imply that she is this older, more powerful, witch. I think it's after her last dream. Yeah, I think. Cause then after that, you have the scene where they go to the dinner and you have Tilda Swinton Great and scene. Susie just staring at each other across the table. Because she had had a dream right prior to that, I think. And this is leading up to the sacrifice or whatever you want to call it. I think that's kind of where it like dawned on her, I guess, that she was actually a powerful witch. Because Okay, so we'll keep going. That's what happens at the end of the movie. Oh, but I guess she was born as that, right? Because her mother, they cut... To, there are are cuts throughout the film of her dying mother yes saying that she is her one regret basically she yes. knows that her daughter is evil somehow correct very confusing yeah but i think very. that kind of stuff would come together a lot more on the second watch yeah but then you still have two separate beings in that final scene because you have Susie on the stairs and then you have this crazy looking fucked up alien thing that comes out of the comes out of nowhere and just ask that question oh my god i got chills when she was like oh what 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 should the original three do you think you are or something like that oh and then she says what did she say mother mother suspirium suspirium yeah and then when that scene kicks off dude that's when Tom York's song kicks da, in. Da, 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 and then she's just fucking like That's not his all of the <laughs> all of all Might of the well witches who voted for Marcos 
You, Susie is just walking around. Uh, does she snap her finger? What does she do? She just points she at them just or something? She just moves her hand up or like flicks her wrist. And then their bodies basically just erupt in blood. Their heads snap <laughs> off. Like It's also really oh. choppy. Like I don't know if they reduced the frame rate during that final scene because it's like very choppy. Blood everywhere. This beautiful music playing. Yeah, it's like, amazing. <sighs> oh, Man. and then she gives the the three girls who had been like basically tormented she gives them the choice of like what they want and they all ask to just die and she's like oh yeah you can die yeah <laughs> and then she doesn't she them. kiss them she kisses, she kisses them, them and they, they die. die yeah kind of oh, beautiful because yeah. that was um chloe grace moritz we haven't talked about her she has a scene at the very beginning where she's yeah. just kind of off her rocker you know like what's up with this girl they she had been kept prisoner basically we find out she dies Susie, not Susie, whatever Mia Goth, Sarah, I think, uh, Mia Goth's character, she gets maimed, she dies, and then the third one, who's the third one? The third one the is girl the- girl who was already dead, right? That twisted up girl. Yeah. Uh, Olga? Olga. Something like that, I think. Yeah. Incredible. I had chills the whole time I was watching it, like- It was pretty cool. That scene God was pretty damn. cool. But- you guys see what I'm saying, though. Like, if you come in that with the wrong frame of mind or you're not enjoying the movie, that scene is, like, laughable. It could be. It's, um, I mean, I could definitely see. I don't know. It was still done it. really well, though. And yeah. Where, like, it. But it's it so had absurd a, and over the top. The right. The way that their heads just explode in a fountain of blood like but it has, Tarantino. It has, like, a grounded feel to it, even though it's, like, about witchcraft and all that. Like, Yeah, totally. An example of something I would think is like laughably ridiculous is something like Hatchet One or Two, where the gore is just so insane and like it's clearly for laughs. But like this is like set in a pretty serious movie, and like by the time you get to that, I feel like you should be prepared for it, especially with like the contortion scene before. I don't know if you could really be prepared for that. Not on like a, a visceral level. I just mean like. I didn't know that it was going to go there. I know? love that they bring back the vote. It was cool. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah, I get, I'm just saying I don't think it was like laughable. Not that I was expecting something No, like that, I, we're all on board with, with the scene, it sounds like. But, I mean, going back to what Tom said, I could see how if someone just was like, oh, you know, we got some time to kill. Let's go watch a movie. Oh, Suspiria. Let's check this out. You know, yeah. just like some rando You're off the street. about people who shouldn't be watching the movie in the first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> people will ruin like the greatest scenes in a lot of movies just because That's true. they think they are better than the movie or above yes. it or something. So yes. I have I have one outstanding question. It's implied toward the end that Blanc, Tilda Swinton's character, is still alive, but they never go back to that. Are we expected to believe that she survives? Yeah. I think so because we saw what what the witches are capable of. I mean, when Sarah when Sarah breaks her leg, like the, yeah. the compound fracture, they yeah. they like touch it and then it just heals over. That's true. I mean, I think she was we're meant to believe that she was saved or at least you know maybe not fully restored, but the witchcraft yeah, yeah. somehow gotta, kept her know, alive. Pat her on the back and you're good, bud. Good to go. I, I, <laughs> back I, out there. I love the witches coach. in this movie. I think the witches are what make this movie. Their whole vibe, the way that they read the paper, the way that they have to, the way that they have to mop up the blood. 
after the final scene, you know, they're not like Harry Potter, right? They don't just like wave a wand and then everything's clean again. They have to like, they have to do all of it. There's just something really primal about them and about witches, I think, in general, which yeah. is why I really, I think, Getting a hard on for me. witches. It was a very erotic film. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have anything else so, to add, but. So, who did it better? Payman or Marcos? Pa- what? Hereditary. <laughs> Isn't that the name of the. Oh, yeah, yeah. Payman, right? Payman? Like the name of the, like, king, like the whatever. Oh, I don't remember. The, the queen witch or whatever. Yeah. Nah, I don't remember. King. That was my king. way of asking. Something. Better movie. Which one? Gun of the Head. Dude, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to struggle with that okay. the yeah. rest of the year because I love both of those movies. You guys going to rewatch this if it hits Amazon before uh, Best of uh, 2018 I episode? I want to watch it with somebody. It's the same reason I haven't watched. Uh, I saw that and Hereditary both by myself, and I really want to watch them with someone, but no one, mm. no one's got the balls. No, no, no. You saw Hereditary. <laughs> right here. You saw right Hereditary here, with me and Haley, didn't you? Uh, yeah, but it didn't feel like I was with you. Oh, because you weren't in the same row as us. I was sitting <laughs> behind you. You were behind us, yeah. <laughs> and we didn't get to really talk about it afterward. Yeah. I want to watch it with someone who like doesn't know what they're getting into. <laughs> See how they react. <clears throat> okay. Anything else? We should probably move on. We should move on. But Let's move on. I love it. Yeah. Highly recommended. We'll, we'll be talking about this one a lot. Come, Need to see it uh, come again. January. Critics aren't. Yeah, uh, they're loving pretty it. Pretty Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect segue. We're not doing this now. We're are doing we? this. Okay, let's do it. Sixty-one percent <laughs> is what Suspiria has on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Yeah. This guy just called it mixed. Just oh, called sixty-one percent <laughs> mixed. He sent us. Travis sent us a picture mm-hmm. from Rotten Tomatoes social media accounts. Yes, he did. Which he follows for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I just followed you... it within the last week. Okay. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Doesn't so change anything. So far, <laughs> they are <laughs> on their way to be. They need a clean house. They need to fire the whole social media team. So Travis sends us a screenshot of this Instagram post for Bohemian Rhapsody. Let me pull it. Yeah, out. you can so do it. You can the, do it. The you exact wait. quote. Oh, the caption, you mean? Because yes, the caption means everything. Yeah, it's, I mean, I know what it is already. You want to say it? Yeah. It's, so the caption to the picture, I'll describe the picture next, is which side are you on? The critics or the audience? And the image good is of Freddie Mercury or Rami Malek, I guess, in Bohemian Rhapsody. You have 61% critic score, 94% audience score. So Travis sent us the picture and basically asked, uh, does this make sense to you guys, right? Is that what you said? Your initial question? Does this make sense? Um, I how think does I this said, make sense? I said, this doesn't make any sense. Do they even know how their system works or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. And then I think Tom said, what doesn't make sense? Or, and then I was like, I'm with Tom. So yeah. this this is where the disagreement stems from. <laughs> no. Just pull me picture. calling for backup. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, it made sense to me right away because they're asking the 94% audience score. Everybody loves it. It makes sense, but the way they worded it does not make sense in reference to the way their system works. I don't think so. Like, sure, you can get what they were trying to say, but to me, I read it as 
Are you on the positive side with the critics or, or are you the on positive the positive side, side with, with the, audience? the audience? And I get that. But so I but I immediately understood the question they were asking. Like when you try and read it that literally, I can sure. see why when you first read that. It, it's it this does- is ultimately a pointless argument because we're both right to an extent. Mm. It all depends on how <laughs> literally you read it, I guess. Um but I read it based off the way their system works. But even, I mean, even, like, when we talk about movies, we, you know, when we ask, how did it do? You'd be like, oh, it was mixed. If it had, like, a 65 or a 70%, I would still call that relatively mixed. Excuse positive. But it's still mixed. Ultimately, it's positive. So, yes, their system, sure, it's either rotten or fresh. 60% is the threshold. But when we talk about, like, the dialogue around Rotten Tomatoes as a system, if a movie has, like, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, wouldn't we all agree that we're like, yeah, we need to go see this movie? Right. For the most but part. But 98% you know? only means that 98% of the critics gave it a pass. Doesn't mean it's literally the, one of the best movies ever made. No, sure. Know, not even maybe one of the best movies of the year. No, totally. Like a lot of documentaries get really high scores because I feel like critics don't know how to rate those. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so many documentaries that are like 98 or 100 even and I just feel like it's just because I just feel like documentaries are a weird thing to rate because like what are you rating them on? Like filmmaking source material like access to the material like you know the did i ever say the filmmaking yeah the the story no i I, get the point where i get the point yeah yeah, like um (laughs) i still think i'm i'm right god we don't need to linger on this so stubborn well (laughs) obviously 61 percent and 94 percent are completely different right but they're still both positive no, no, they are. It's they are. <laughs> it, they are, but we're talking like general. He just said no. I don't live <laughs> in a world of black and white. There's but a Rotten scale. Tomatoes does. It's there, green, no, or red. No, they have percentages. Right, but there's otherwise they would hide their there's percentage two sides. and they would just give you red or green. There's two sides. So okay, let me give you this example. You get a fifty-eight percent in your class. 59, you know, just for fun. Oh, lucky uh, me. <laughs> do you go up to the teacher and say, I passed, right? Close enough. Nope. You got a 59, which is an F. Fail. That, yeah, that's an individual <laughs> score. That's not an aggregate score. That's an aggregate score of your grade for the quarter. <laughs> <laughs> that is the accumulation of your work for the quarter. Well, let me ask you this. It's an average of if all you your had assignments. The choice of getting tutored by the kid who got 61% and the kid who got 94%, which one do you choose? Sure. Doesn't matter because they, they both, both passed. passed the class. That's a uh, wrong analogy for this argument. That's the, the exact analogy. analogy. It's just a continuation no, no, of no, 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 analogy. No, 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 no. Because the question, it's all in reference to the caption in relation to their system. They ask, what side are you on? And there's two sides in Rotten Tomatoes world. Rotten or fresh? How could you... Both of those were on the fresh side. So if if you're reading that, if I'm reading that question, not you guys, you guys read it incorrectly. If I'm reading that question, it asks, are you on the positive side with the critics or are you on the positive side with the audiences? If you are the social media team at Rotten Tomatoes and you have a movie that is a new release that is so divided 
that it's 94 mm-hmm. to 61, you're basically in... I maybe add you're, a... You're negligent if you do not call that out. I maybe add a few words or another sentence to uh, clarify what I actually mean. What would, not- what would you have said? <laughs> what would I have said? Yeah. Uh, great question. <laughs> so... <laughs> Their system is not that simple, though, because they they the the writing staff for Rotten Tomatoes on every movie they write a consensus synopsis. Let's read the consensus. A movie. Well, no, just let, let me finish this example. Okay. By your by the way that you're looking at their their system, right? It's black and white, red and green, whatever it is. A movie that is fifty nine percent could have a synopsis that says uneven but sporadically thrilling and whatever the movie doesn't quite nail everything but there's plenty of fun to be had or something yeah Mm. but then you look at a movie that has a zero percent and it's like no fun to be had total trash movie they do it's not as simple as just the consensus always will lean to whatever side it's on though like if it's rotten it'll have a more rotten consensus if it's positive even 61 percent it's still Reads more positively than negative. Not necessarily. Let's read. Travis wakes up and it's daytime. Let's read. And he doesn't go to bed until it's nighttime. There is no morning. There is no <laughs> afternoon. There I understand. No I understand that a ninety-four <laughs> is for like pretty far away from sixty-one on a scale of one hundred. I understand that. Well, okay. So think but about it this way. We're still talking about the the sentence of their post in relation to their system, which is. Who do you side with? Right. The yeah, positive side no, or the positive side? It's 60% versus 94%. If you give a movie a three out of five, you may still like that movie, but you're mixed on it. But if you give a movie a four and a half or a five, yeah. you loved it. That's it's. Are you mixed or negative or do you love it? That's all they're asking. In that right. Question. This is a really dumb argument. <laughs> Can we all agree? Yeah. No, it's a dumb argument. It had it's to be It's a fun addressed. argument, but... but I still, I still feel very strongly about my side. Well, maybe let's read Bohemian us. Rhapsody's Exhibit consensus. A. <laughs> Ready? The consensus. 62 percent. It's gone oh, up. Why not? Oh, why not? So consensus. Bohemian Rhapsody hits a handful of high notes, but as an in-depth look at a beloved band, it offers more of a medley than a true greatest hits collection mm. read now read the synopsis for the fountain which that's I, actually which i know is wrong that's actually kind of a mixed consensus yeah because it's a mix the the movie has been received still positive know, mixed reception. still positive yeah on an aggregate <laughs> scoring system we yes. want to read the fountain yeah just so just for a comparison because that i think the fountain probably has like a 56 percent 54 52. 52. Read the synopsis for it. So wrong. The Fountain, a movie about metaphysics, universal patterns, biblical symbolism, and boundless love spread across 1,000 years, is visually rich but suffers from its own unfocused ambitions. Oh, please. Pretty mixed consensus, right? Yeah, but this is on the rotten side. Yeah, but they both read similarly. Yeah, I get that they are both... In that gray area. Unfocused? In Are that you kidding? In that yellow area. How dare they? <laughs> but there's still a side, and it's black or white, green or red, on or off. <laughs> say again? No. <laughs> I will not say it again. You know there are yellow lights too, right? Not in Rotten Tomatoes world. <laughs> okay. Well, 
the point is, we uh, had an argument this week. Yes. Via text. Those of us who love Suspiria think that Travis is wrong. <laughs> what? That has nothing to do with this argument. <laughs> Just a you know, comparison. Maybe not no, causation, I, I totally, but I totally get what you guys are saying. Sure. I, would, I would bow out if they worded it better, but they didn't word it better. So I, I will Fair stand enough. my ground. Dude, they're probably probably looking for uh, new uh, candidates for their social media I team. Have just Those jabronis had to have gotten the axe know, after right? that trash post. You don't. <laughs> I should. You don't know your own damn system. <laughs> Get in there for bro. me. I wouldn't have said anything about this. Nobody knows strange... the system better than this guy. <laughs> I should have got that trending on Twitter. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> these these folks. That oh, run to We're gonna start calling Travis the executioner. Oh, dude. I'm just saying, add a little more context. Next All right, let's keep this train rolling. Uh, Overlord. Overlord. I did not see this one, but Tom Travis did. So we're going to talk about this one for a little bit. We have another clip. Let's listen. What happened, Dan? Inside the church. The crowds grabbed me as soon as I hit the ground. Inside the church? How did you get inside the church? Dead bodies. Slow down. Slow down. They're doing experiments on them in there. They're doing experiments on the villagers. What? Just like her aunt. They're burning people with these flamethrowers and they're still moving the bodies. Cocoon things in there. Did you get eyes on the tower compound? She doesn't have a body and she's still still talking and I I saw Rosenfeld. Did you get eyes on the tower compound? Okay, Overlord is directed by Julius Avery. Either of you guys know anything about uh, Julius Avery? Um, I think he did one other notable title. I'll pull this up real quick before I continue. Um, Known for Son of a Gun, Jerry Can. Nah, he hasn't really done anything notable unless you guys know what those movies are. No, I think Son of a Gun's like a VOD Ewan McGregor like thriller type movie. (laughs) Film stars Joven Adepo, Wyatt Russell, uh, Mathilde Olivier, and the plot synopsis reads, a little squad of American soldiers find horror behind enemy lines on the 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 eve of D-Day. Is that really what the synopsis is? A little? A little squad. I did not just (laughs) add in little. (laughs) That's so stupid. I'm just trying to spice things up a little bit. No, it literally says a little (laughs) squad. <laughs> little squad of american soldiers <laughs> so it's four soldiers yeah four is that what it is uh, that's the, five? the core five, i think but four yeah <laughs> so this this is the the kind of gonzo nazi horror movie uh produced by bad robot productions which is jj abrams company yeah. yep that's it what did you guys think it looks cool. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go first. Go ahead. Um, so I was pretty excited for like the genre bending action horror. Trailer look good. Uh, thing. You know they play that whatever that I don't know what song it is, but ACDC? it's an ACDC song. It's electric guitar, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, there's going to be some cool sequences, some fun stuff. I thought the Isn't first it back in black probably the f- no, it's not that one. It's the one that's like, you're gonna die. <laughs> so, pretty much any ACDC yeah. song. Dude, I fucking hate ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue, Tom. Well, there's none of that. 
And I thought the movie was pretty boring for the first half. Did you feel that way? I was actually kind of bored too, and I wanted to blame myself, but I'm no, glad it you're was, confirming it was boring. <laughs> and then the end was like the end was pretty pretty fast paced. The second half, the back half, the last third, you know, third act. There's <laughs> <laughs> not seven acts in this one. No, no. no. But uh, it was it was just so predictable. It was like one of the most predictable movies I've seen all year. Hmm. I wasn't surprised by anything. I was I was sorely disappointed. I was pretty disappointed myself. Ultimately, I'm going to come out positive because I do think it's worth a watch. Um, so you're mixed. Would you say yeah, like mixed. like a six out of ten, maybe a three out of five, sixty percent, roughly? Perhaps? Yeah, about yeah, right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really glad that you said you were kind of bored through it because it seems like one of those movies that's just like entertaining, action packed. You know gotta go see it crowd pleaser type movie but like i saw it at 8 15 last night Mm -hmm. and after the initial sequence and you kind of get set up you know where they're going to be at for a while yeah i was struggling very hard to stay awake and we're talking about in dolby with like booming biggest sound and screen you know i mean the movie opens up pretty much how you see in the trailer right where they're in the the planes and then shit hits the fan and it's like okay this is gonna be kind of cool right the crash landing sequence was pretty cool i character loved the opening sequence but at the same time i could tell instantly it was gonna be a bad it was very jarring (laughs) you know it was very like chaotic and like like choppy cam like paul greengrass like uh a lot of like shakiness but then on top of that there's just so much sound like coming from the characters the the plane the explosions and i almost feel like d-box was a detriment because like everything was so heightened that it was like drowning other sounds out wait you saw a d-box or, you or saw dolby? dolby sorry oh, okay um but yeah the sound was like booming the whole fucking time it had that authentic feeling where like you're in a garbage world war one plane and stuff is just loud and clanky and nothing works right uh wasn't just nearly turned turn to 11 wasn't know? nearly as good as the target practice scene in dunkirk right what just like on an audio fidelity level like what well, are you talking about as far as like tension like you know when they're in that boat yeah i'm not crazy about that scene oh my god watch it again <laughs> I, I did watch it again i've seen it twice you did see it a second time did we talk about this yeah exciting stuff i don't know i'm gonna have to go back and listen to that episode do you recall which (laughs) which direction i went i probably stayed as level as tom hardy's playing when he did you relock it on letterbox up or down i don't know get over (laughs) (laughs) who cares it's not that good it's amazing you guys are so wrong all right anyways back to overlord the the it is a small squad as we've discussed well, no, oh, little, quick. little squad. Oh, little squad. Real quick, back to the initial opening sequence. Uh, the paratrooping sequence was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's the that's the best part. Yeah, very tense. Like I felt. You ever had like one of those like crazy dreams where you feel like you're falling and it's like super stressful and like mm-hmm. it was like that. <laughs> it yeah. was good. So after that, they have 
a lot of potential for like a really stressful, tense, suspenseful atmosphere. They're in enemy territory. They have to sneak into this French town. They have to set up, set up some sort of headquarters. Um, you know, there's like guard rotations. They need to do some scouting. Uh, it's just, it's not safe. And they have, they lost like their whole crew when they were landing, but they're so like silly about it. Like there's one character in particular who is super obnoxious and he's supposed to be, but he's supposed to be like lovable, but really he's just annoying. And, uh, they're not quiet and there never seems to be serious danger. It was crazy how convenient the entire movie was as far as like (laughs) the characters getting out of danger or like convenient. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's exactly what you would like. You could just sit down and write this in an evening, this movie. There's nothing and there are some parts where they try to tack in. uh, I mean, I guess we can say without spoiling anything that they're they're They have they discover a lab where Nazi super soldiers are being developed. And the way that they just shoehorn in the reason that the lab is in this particular town and the way that they have developed this serum, it happens with like like 10 minutes left in the movie and it is just the most last second afterthought <laughs> they would have been so much better served to not have even included it do you agree it was yeah pathetic yeah I, yeah i feel like it was just like a lame excuse when you hear if you see this movie when you hear the line you're gonna be like what the fuck what <laughs> what even was that why did they say that i feel like the the main problem with this movie is that it tries to be a war movie and like a zombie movie. Yeah. But it does like an okay version of both. So it's like not satisfying on either end. And so you're just left with this like meh, like mixed genre movie. Kind of a wet noodle. I don't know. It just didn't really really do anything that like special or memorable. Like, and I didn't even, did you even think it was that like well shot or anything? I thought everything was like up close like unnecessarily and all of the horror jump scares are exactly what and when you expect them and there's a couple jump scares that were just like so just like you know like the like easy jump scares where it's like all sound base yeah yeah where it's like a cat you know like jumps (laughs) or something like that so (laughs) run-of-the-mill i think some of the comedy did work some of it I don't remember laughing much. The kid sneaking up on the annoying guy like two or three times is pretty funny. <laughs> There's just like this kid in the in the house who just the annoying, obnoxious guy who never stops running his mouth will just turn around and be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and the kid's there. I thought I liked that. But other than that, really, I don't. Oh, okay. Also, I have to call this out. The villain in this movie, just complete replay of Wonder Woman exact same character because he's uh aries the god of war no 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 not that villain <laughs> the nazi officer villain oh that one yeah okay because yeah he's also he he, inje- he injects himself with the serum he's like a super soldier this he movie has also uh, yeah. gave me a cure for wellness vibes i still want to see that not great <laughs> goes off the rails at the end i don't know the more i think about overlord the more i think it was uh, really bad <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't great but i still think it was like a decent 
movie. Like it was. I was so half-hearted. Serviceable, soulless, entertaining. Like they, I mean, they had they they decided that they were going to do a horror Nazi movie. They couldn't have come up with something better than this. Yeah, it did feel pretty lazy. It was lazy. Well, there, there's a did couple for it. Nazi horror. It was called Dead Snow. That movie's awesome. Oh yeah, I have seen that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple good moments in it, but overall, I was pretty disappointed. But I did have pretty high hopes for it, just because I thought the trailer looked cool and I thought it'd be like a good and it got genre movie. Pretty good reviews so far. Yeah, yeah, I thought it would be a fun time, hmm. and it wasn't. How was uh Wyatt Russell? Uh, fine. Yeah, he was he was fine. Yeah. I like that guy. Yeah, I like yeah. him too. He's a grim, uh, grim, objective-focused soldier. He's not his dad, that's for sure. Kurt. Oh, I keep forgetting <laughs> that his dad is Kurt Russell. Hilarious. Anything else you guys want to say on uh, Overlord before you drop some star ratings? <clears throat> no, I don't think so. Nah, not without spoiling stuff. Let's hear him. 2.5. Hmm. I was thinking 3.5. Two and a half Nazis. I'm almost, I think I'm leaning towards a three now. A three and a 2.5. You went up, huh? After all that? No, down. He went down. He's saying 3.5 down to a three. Oh, 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 oh. Not exactly a ringing endorsement. No. I think I might uh, pass on that one. It's probably safe. Beautiful Boy instead. Yeah, go see something that's worth watching i don't know i feel like if you've seen it's worth watching i feel like if you like you've seen that movie before sure okay well that's it for overlord we got one more featured review for you guys let's go ahead and move on to wildlife we have a clip let's listen in talk to your father tell him not to act like a fool i am not being foolish I put my name on a list. I waited for my chance, and now they finally have a place for me. You don't know anything about fires. You'll get burned up. Well, I've been reading about them. I know enough. <laughs> You've been reading about them? You've been studying up? Don't turn my words on me, Gene. Dad, what's going on? Your father is leaving us to go and fight those wildfires. What? Dad, why? Ask him, Terry. You won't take a job at a grocery store, but you'll go out with a bunch of deadbeats and risk getting killed. You're gonna have to go there and leave. What does it pay? What? What does it pay? All right, Wildlife is the directorial debut of Paul Dano, who you would recognize as the weird dude from every Every movie movie. he's ever been in. (laughs) Um, But primarily, There Will Be Blood. Uh, He plays the lead in Ruby Sparks, which is a favorite of mine. He's the weirdo in Prisoners. Yes, the weirdo in Prisoners, the weirdo in Looper. The weirdo in the Swiss Eternal Army Sunshine Man, Sunshine of the or uh, Little, Miss, Little Sunshine. Miss Sunshine, Little Miss Sunshine. He plays the and Swiss Army Man, takes the vow of silence or whatever. Mm-hmm. Directed by Paul Dano, written by Paul Dano and his girlfriend or fiance, I don't know, wife, partner, Zoe Kazan. We've got a kid together, at least one. Yes, Zoe Kazan wrote Ruby Sparks. Zoe Kazan starred alongside Kumail Nanjiani in The Big Sick. This movie was tailor-made for me, I think. Because the cast, we got Jake Gyllenhaal and Carrie Mulligan, two of my favorites. I predicted this would be on your top ten of the year. You did. Plot synopsis on this reads, a teenage boy must deal with his mother's complicated responses after his father temporarily abandons them to take a menial and dangerous job. 
on paper, in trailers, this movie is tailor-made for me. In execution, uh, it's kind of boring. This movie's pretty boring. Pretty boring. It's a pretty boring movie. Agreed. Very well made. I think Paul Dano has a bright future. I thought it was filmed beautifully. Uh, but I think a lot of it just has to do with the... It's it's kind of a period piece. When is this set? Like the... 60s, probably. I think right around the 60s. It's just not that interesting. It's another, you know, disintegration of a family movie, unhinged woman. I mean, we've been seeing that since John Cassavetes did it in Woman Under the Influence. Like, it's... It's very vanilla. A good movie. It's very well done. It's just not interesting yeah i tried to make the argument that this movie didn't really do a whole lot that was new to sarah who loved the movie which i you know before we, yes. when we went to commercial or whatever you want to call it um her argument was that the position that they put the main character the son in is unique i don't know if that's true like unique unique but it is definitely not something you see all the time just she because needs to watch more movies because he Maybe. sides with because he sides with the dad or what? what no, because the parents put him in in a position where they like are constantly asking him to weigh in or like to evaluate them from a position that he's not he's not mature enough to actually know. Sure, that's what's interesting, right. but he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. You're right. Sure, posing the question. Sure, those are those are interesting conversations. Like those moments you're referring to where. Uh, Carrie Mulligan is like starting to unravel and you kind of see the craziness starting to emerge. I find her character and her performance interesting. Yeah. But there's just like a weird cadence to the dialogue in this movie. I had mentioned mm. to Travis when we, when we got out of the theater, there's just like really long pauses, especially with the kid, the main character, awkward silences and it, it doesn't feel natural it feels like forced dramatic tension like these long pauses and the character just yeah. kind of like shrugs his shoulders and oh no you know instead of actual tension you just get boredom yeah yeah, yeah it's not it's it's attempting to fill the void with tension instead it's just a silence that's feels forced you know what i mean yeah, I pretty much am on the same uh, side as Matt as far as enjoyment. thought it was pretty boring, but it was well made, and the performances were good, but there just wasn't really anything like memorable or special about it. I just feel like I've seen this movie a million times before. I was sporadically entertained. Yeah. Like, Carrie Mulligan's performance is really what elevates this. It's not. I wouldn't even go as far as saying this movie is mediocre. It's good, very well done. It's just... It's just not that interesting. Yeah. And like my parents separated when I was pretty young, like probably around this kid's age, maybe a little bit older. And so I thought I could maybe get some enjoyment out of that aspect. But he's really like, I don't know. It's like it, the story's focused on him, but it's like it's centered around him, but he's not involved in it that much. It's just him like spectating it. He's just most, kind of part. a husk. He has like no personality. You yeah. Know what I mean? He's just like, <laughs> he doesn't do anything. It's like the worst insult you could ever <laughs> get. I know. God. I'm just picturing corn right now. Oh my God. Uh, so you're a husk. Um, we've, we've, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm gonna start using that one. Oh, yeah, get, that's get good. An argument at a that's bar. good. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking husk. <laughs> <laughs> you empty shell. <laughs> um, we've we've mentioned Carrie Mulligan's name a couple times, but no one has said Jake Gyllenhaal. He, I mean, it's he, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> one, he's not given much to do. I think intentionally. This is better about than Ocha. Well, yeah, he was cartoonish in, in Okja. Um, oh God, he's absent. I mean, as as the the synopsis indicates, like he's abandons them to b- take this job, so he's gone for a large portion of the movie. But even when he's there, he's he's kind of doing the uninteresting, kind of bombastic, kind of crazy eyed Jake Gyllenhaal that isn't actually interesting to see. He just kind of. It's it's movies like this where I think I'm starting to think maybe Jake Gyllenhaal's not as good of an actor as I thought he was. Not that he's bad in this movie. He just come on, man, Nightcrawler. He's kind. Of, well, yeah, no, Nightcrawler. That's probably his best performance. He was on a tear for a while there. Enemy, Nightcrawler. Yeah, I think prisoners. He's just, he's just taking the wrong roles. He just he he's only he only does like borderline maniac character yeah. you know he's just he's always right on the brink of like being a crazy person but he's not quite right. there yeah he's got the crazy eyes he's just he's not walking phoenix yeah you know he can't do it like walking <laughs> phoenix can that's for sure i will say probably the most interesting about most interesting thing about this movie is that and i don't know if this is this is a spoiler by saying this so if it is maybe skip ahead 20 seconds or so but how they try and like frame the story that he's the one essentially like walking out or whatever you know but then it turns around and it's actually her you know what i mean who has yeah the change of heart or yeah like because they they frame that at the beginning of the story like oh look he's walking out on us he's blah blah blah. even though he's like doing a a job that's like redeeming like it's to help save people yeah it pays shit though I mean, the the movie kind He's of... He's definitely not blameless. At the beginning of the movie, Carrie Mulligan is portrayed as the very level-headed, the very, you know, viewing the situation objectively, trying to be like, well, you're out of work. Let me work. I can do it. You know, like, she's she's the level-headed one. And then he takes the job and he leaves. And then, the, like, the, the, the dramatic heart of the movie comes from... Her just kind of losing it, not knowing what to do with herself. Maybe she resents him. Maybe she resents her son. Like, who knows? Like, it's just, you know, it's... We've said it before. It's just really not that interesting to watch. I don't know. Like, there's this character... Don't want to get too much into specifics, but there's another man who comes into their life that... There was some kind of dramatic tension that came out of the situations that they were in together very uncomfortable the situations that she puts her son in and just the way she reacts in the situation they were so yeah. ridiculous she though. wasn't trying to it, it didn't feel real to me you know well and like the guy himself i don't know just i didn't Dude. really feel like they had much chemistry or anything you know like between the two of them yeah the actors yeah well, Carrie Mulligan and the, the, the guy, the actors, and even like the characters themselves. Like, I just couldn't see a girl like her like falling for this guy. It was almost just like 
out of, of like my favorite parts of the movie out then. of like boredom or something like you know what i mean like oh it's there and it's it's an option so i i might as well take it type thing he well he so tom and just said that he's one of the most interesting parts of the movie he is because he's he's you the only person who's grounded and like says anything that makes sense and you don't hate him either no. you kind of feel like you should but he has one of my he has my favorite part of the movie which is his his short little moment with uh with the teenager with the kid when the mom when, when carrie mulligan leaves yeah when she's in the bathroom mm-hmm. that was my favorite part of the movie because i was just so starved for intensity in this film <laughs> and you get you get like two or three glimpses of it and this is one of them and it was just happening to be my favorite of yeah. them yeah i would agree with that that was that was a good scene very well done movie but pretty unremarkable i don't know yeah this movie uh speaking of rotten tomatoes system it's got like a 94 percent critic consensus i mean it's technically on the side yeah i mean technically we haven't given star ratings yet but i'm gonna give it a positive score you know what i mean like right well this is just one of those movies i feel like it's 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 not easy to fault it but it's like hard to find ways to like champion it yes absolutely i would never i would i wouldn't really tell anybody to watch this movie no but you wouldn't say it's a bad movie either no you know what i mean it's very just serviceable if someone asked me if they should go see it, I would say I would do one of the, uh, you know. But I, w- How I do would you feel say about family dramas. You won't regret seeing it, but you also won't. Right. You know, I mean, we can't speak for everyone. There is some like pretty lofty praise being thrown at this movie. So, but it sounds That's like true. we're all pretty much on the same page on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Not really. Yeah. I mean. No. Didn't really have much to say. To what begin is there with. to say? <laughs> yeah. Nothing to this write home about. This movie just happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give our star ratings. I gave it a four, but after this conversation, I'd bump it down to a three point five. Nice. That's where I am at. Three point five. Three point five. Tom, when you were in the bathroom, because Travis and I saw it <laughs> together. When Tom was in the bathroom, I looked at Travis and I was like, was like 3.5? 3.5? He was like, yeah, yeah 3.5. 3. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had already seen your score. We're like, this guy. Even though it's only a half star. <laughs> Four out of control. Absurd. Absurd praise. I know. <laughs> Glad you came to your senses on that one. Well, it's good to hear from some other people that they were also bored, you know? I would love to hear Sarah's take on it. We got to get her on the That's show That's an invitation, sometime. Sarah. She's so resistant. We just need she, to list uh, off all the movies that we're most curious to hear her. Her. Do you think our conversation on. at the Halloween party uh, convinced her to come on the show more or less? Probably more. Good. That's what I was going for. <laughs> As provoking. Is that what you were doing? Unintentionally. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's wildlife. Let's move on to what else we've been watching. Um, I'll I'll start with something really quick. Last time we recorded, uh, I had not yet finished Maniac. I was very close to finishing Maniac. Having now finished Maniac, uh, it's one of the best television shows I've ever seen. Great show. I absolutely loved it. Thematically, visually, the acting. It's challenging. It's provocative entertaining above all it's a fun show to watch mm-hmm. loved it i can't wait to watch it again 
Is it one of those where you feel like you need to watch it again, though? I don't think I need to watch it again. I mean, I got it. Okay. Like, it's not It's not so obtuse that you, like, need, it takes repeated viewings yeah. to really get what's going on. It's, a, you know, there's some things that I think I would appreciate more on a rewatch, but it's not a show that you have to untangle or that you have to... I mean, it helps that I intentionally, Haley and I would only watch an episode at a time because it's not, it's not a bingeable show. I think you would just get confused if you binge this show because by by separating it episode by episode, like I felt like it gave me time to digest it, you know, so that by the time we watched the next episode, I was like, okay, I've slept on it. Here's what's I was still fresh in my mind. So I knew what happened literally, but also thematically, like I had time to kind of ingest the themes of, of the show. So loved it. I would recommend Maniac to anybody. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just a quick little thing since I I'm still on episode one. Well, we finished. You finished one, one. and we need to start two. Eventually, yeah. I'm just one step below you on that flight of stairs. Yeah, yeah. But I did watch Emma Stone and something else recently. Mm, Easy, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't actually see. I saw your letterbox. Oh, uh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I just great guess. I don't remember what I <laughs> gave it. Yeah, it's that's a great guess. That's an awesome movie. Yeah, I remember. When's the last it time the you theater? saw it? Like two years ago. It's not that awesome. It's I pretty s- funny. I saw it in the theater. It it's... has it has a Juno quality to it in the writing, like the dialogue. Uh, it's funny ish. <laughs> I really it's like a four out of five movie. It's I not... encourage you to rewatch it. I was. I've seen that movie like five or six times. Really disappointed because yeah. wow. I remembered this movie being like one of one of the funniest movies I'd ever seen. Just like surprise, like, hilarious. Are you a huge Stanley Tucci fan. Yes, he's great. <laughs> That's why Stanley Tucci is. The parents are the only reason you would watch this movie. No, not the yeah. only reason. No, Emma Stone is fantastic in it. She's fine, but like her character is kind of ridiculous. When you when you rewatch it, you're like, what was going through your head when you? did all of this oh yeah it's not grounded in reality it's it's pr- a pretty stylized teen movie yeah but i remember it being more stylized and funnier and it's it's less stylized and less funny it it i don't know it's just like she has those crazy outfits but it's not like the whole song and dance that i remember it being it's just more like oh she looks ridiculous it's cool you know it it, it looks like like a less uh it's just not going to stand the time, the, the test of time, like Clueless or Mean Girls has, you know. Yeah, and I don't, I, I wouldn't compare this movie to either of those movies. Well, co- compare them, sure, because they're similar, but like the pedigree, I think right. those movies not on the same pedestal. Better, right? I, I, I think it's a, it's a good movie. I like Easy A a lot. I enjoy watching it. It's fine. I was just, I was let down because I remember sure. it being really good. And Sarah was in the mood for a dumb movie, and we tried Game Night. What? Oh, you turn it off? <laughs> yeah, we turned it off. Oh shit! Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like it? Uh, I I could have stuck it out another ten minutes to see if it got funnier. But how how well how many minutes did you give it? Ten? Was this like a yeah. Captain America Civil War situation? <laughs> no, this fucking no. guy. <laughs> uh, I watched probably we probably watched fifteen or twenty minutes. You are out of That's control it? right now. Dude, you got. What did you not like about that? I feel like that is one of the most entertaining movies of the year. It was me and Sarah and Zach, and we were like, 
and it was my suggestion. You guys just need to relax. Else, no one else wanted to give Game Night a shot. So much pressure. You guys put on a fucking movie. <laughs> just sit down and enjoy it. <laughs> Did you see Game Night, Matt? I haven't, no, but I really want to. Uh, yeah, well, you know. It's not so what good. you're saying is that he led us astray? Yes. Is what you're saying? Yeah, kind of. I had the jokes aren't that funny, you know. They, I had zero just... expectations for that movie, but I thought it was very entertaining. You still think it's the funniest movie of the year, don't you? Maybe not anymore. Oh, it's been shit. Somebody saw Nobody's <laughs> Fool. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably still the funniest if. Maybe the second funniest. We'll see. This this may be more consistently funny, but the movie that I watched has a couple bigger laughs. So let me just just litmus test here. Um, Jesse Plemons, yeah, is a character, and we meet him pretty early in the film. Yeah, he's like one of the best parts of the movie. You thought he was funny. Yeah, I thought that whole scene fell completely flat. What? Like his interaction with them throughout the entire fucking movie? Well, they <laughs> didn't set the tone right in the first scene, that's for sure. What made you turn it off? I don't understand. Because I was the only one who wanted to give it a shot. Everybody else would have preferred. Sarah was campaigning for Easy A. She wanted to see so it So you so did bad. Easy A instead. And then we went to Easy A, yes. I was like, okay, mm. is nobody else enjoying this? I'm not really liking it. And then they were all like, no, we're, we don't like this. And so we watched EZA. And you just decided to stick it out the entire runtime of EZA at that point? Who, me? No, all of you. No, they liked it. No, so they were just fully on board with EZA, but get this trash game night out of here. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> it was our second Don't invite movie, me over so. for a movie night ever. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen EZA? I've seen both. And I would say game night... This is from memory, but it's way better than ECA. I haven't seen Game Night, so I can't. I can't weigh in. We're talking at least a full star. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Game Night, okay, come okay, on, but... dude! That was so fun. What are you talking? About? <laughs> you didn't like Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams, their whole chemistry. Oh wait, you probably didn't get that far. <laughs> Got him. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even get to like? The like twist? Or... No, Holy I didn't. Fuck. We saw it. In the, we saw it in the trailer. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even right now. No, we. <laughs> <laughs> we only got through the first, the first uh, game not... night at Jason Bateman's house. I know you're the only one here to represent your group that night, but you guys, you guys done fucked up. Like I don't even understand. What went on that night, but I would not have stood for that. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. We don't even get to the movie and we're, oh, this movie sucks. Like, what? Oh. Or why? Just hit stop, man. We're done. We're done. Oh my god. You should probably save these stories for yourself. You're not doing us any I'm appalled. I am appalled. You need to go back and watch that. Beer pong all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, man. Game night. Bummer. That, yeah. So so. I do still really want to see it because Haley loved that movie too. (laughs) I'm going to give that one a shot. You going to give it more than 20 minutes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Jesus. (laughs) 
don't so know. any easy A. I was is the what only we were one laughing. About. I was the only one laughing. We had to do something. I, um, to remember how I tr- talked about playing the night where we all watch Mandy. Yeah, Matt is uninvited. <laughs> Matt. Or, sorry, Tom. Tom? Sorry. What? Tom is uninvited. You, you apologize uninvite? to Tom for actually being the one who's uninvited? <laughs> well, sorry, you're actually uninvited. <laughs> I'm telling him sorry that he's uninvited. Mm-hmm. No. Of what he just told me. <laughs> I didn't think game night was that good. Well, you didn't even watch it. And you already dismissed How it. How long should it take you to know whether you think whether a comedy that is, is going to a... be funny? Oh, that specific, not just a movie is going to be whether worth your a comedy time is going to be funny. I feel like I would only turn a comedy off though if I was like actively like repulsed by it. it like if look, it was bad, I turned the comedy off because I was the only one laughing. Sure, the group because setting. the yeah. group was like never really wanted to watch it from the beginning, and we had another Did option. Did you guys rent that? No, it was free on Prime. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Ooh. It's free on Prime? Yeah. Oh, dude, maybe I'll Killer. watch that after you guys leave. Hell yeah. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, don't ask yourself when you would turn it off. How long should it take before you know if a comedy is funny? Before you know a comedy is funny? Like 15 minutes. Like 15 if seconds. 15, if 15 minutes go by and it's not funny. Let me it, give an it, example of degrees. a bad comedy. You were sitting like. in a room with a bunch of wet noodles, okay? Couples retreat. No offense. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> the, the one with Vince Vaughn? Yes. <laughs> that movie is terrible. <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are it's you a bad movie. Right I think it's what? a bad movie, but it is funny. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> with that's the one Malin 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 Ackerman yeah. and Vince Vaughn. Yes. Dude, that movie Man. was I, I no, So I was in a, a guilty group, pleasure. I was in a group setting where the two older people in the group were enjoying it <laughs> and I had I I endured that movie. That was a trial. I saw I saw a couple's retreat back in the theater. Haven't seen it since, but uh <laughs> I remember it being like a very just like middle of the road, like oh I saw Dude, it. It's not even middle of the but road. But it's, it's I'm sure it's trash. It's in the ditch. I'm sure it's trash. <laughs> it's bad <laughs> fucking movie. That movie is terrible, dude. Well, when did that come out? Probably like ten years ago or so. No, it was probably two thousand. Come on, the yoga guy. You don't think the yoga guy's funny? Oh, yoga oh my guy god, was the worst. <laughs> well, yeah. When I was like, I hadn't thought about that movie until. Like right now, since I saw it, I was just like <laughs> compartmentalize it. Like, I remember that out. being like a mediocre comedy when it came out, which was like probably ten years ago. But there's I, probably some jokes in that. Movie. I've seen like probably at least a thousand movies, if not more, since then, and I have no desire to go rewatch that. Next time it's on, just. <laughs> Oh no, I'm very curious to watch it now. I might do a double feature. Game night and couples <laughs> retreat. Which Jason Bateman which bad Jason Bateman comedy is bad. I didn't even realize Jason Bateman wanted to sit in couples retreat. Yeah, until you said that I had forgotten. Yeah, he's super annoying. Who's his partner? Um uh Kirsten Bell. Kirsten Bell. Kirsten Bell? Kristen Bell. She's in that movie? Yeah. Great cast, terrible movie. Plus uh the woman who's married to um Judd Apatow? Oh, uh, oh, Leslie Mann? 
Yes. And she's with that one guy who's uh, pretty funny. I mainly just give you and your <laughs> your posse shit, but I feel like you should give it another try. Okay. Just by yourself. Maybe. I just have to do it by myself. Yeah. But I feel like it's one of those movies that you should watch with the crowd, you know, because comedies are more fun with other people. Yeah. I don't, maybe. Yeah. yeah I don't, some just, of them just, Well, thanks for the laugh, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, Travis, I'm sure as per usual, you got uh, some stuff you got to knock out. Well, you know what? Um, since Filmstruck is R.I.P. in the next like 20 days, you've just been tearing through that pretentious uh, I have. Filmstruck garbage, and it has been kind of rough. <laughs> I may not be the cinephile I uh, <laughs> proclaim myself to be. It's just tough to but watch. The Game Night Lover is not a cinephile well is this a game night lover considered a cinephile carry on okay <laughs> <laughs> i i'm just saying if you know oh yeah we'll get yeah, to that I'll save it for when you come back. we'll get to that <laughs> anyways Filmstruck, uh, it's ending in like 20 days, and I haven't been watching as many movies as I should on that, so I've been doing like a, you know, mass binge-watching sesh, and it's been rough. It's not easy watching a uh, movie from the 1960s that's like also foreign. Are you watching an Ingmar Bergman movie or something? Or um, I don't really feel like I'm qualified to talk about these movies, <laughs> just because I feel like they're... You know, they're the movies that people praise and think are, like, the greatest films of all time. Rattle a few off. Well, (laughs) if I start mentioning them, you guys will be like, no one talks about those. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What? (laughs) So. (laughs) Everyone's, greatest movies of all time, everyone says it. (laughs) Well, certain titles, okay? And not saying that I disliked any of them. I'm just saying... They're not like my favorites or like... You know, it's not your wheelhouse. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I enjoyed them. I can appreciate them, but maybe I need to watch it again or John maybe it's just not, you know... Give yeah. us some titles. All right. So this is my Filmstruck review. Uh, I watched Mean Time. Don't know what that is. Exactly. Uh, Mike Lee film. Mike Lee? Yep. Not Spike Lee? Mike, Lay, Mike Lee. Oh, Mike Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's directed some movies. Directed Beginners, didn't he? <clears throat> nope. That was the guy who directed um, that movie that you liked last year a lot. Um, 20th Century Women. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forget his name. Um, Mike Lee's directed Naked, Secret and Lies, Happy Go Lucky, Another Year, Topsy Turvy. Metropolitan? A couple other movies. Nope, that's uh, Walt... Walt Whitman? Yeah. Anyways, uh, Meantime is a... um, It was okay. I don't really have much to say about it. (laughs) It's got uh, Tim Roth in it. I like Tim Roth. (laughs) It's just like... I don't know. It's about this family in London who's like dealing with poverty like... They all kind of don't really have like a job or much going for them. And it's mostly about like 
just yeah the family and then tim roth and his older brother like they're always kind of like competing against each other and the older brother's kind of a bully and tim roth's character is like quirky i'll say we'll leave it at that but i don't know it was just kind of it was like super low budget and just not that entertaining but it was it was fine what year was that uh 1983 so the next one yeah pretty young uh my dinner with andre oh you watched that you ever seen that Mm -mm. 1981 directed by louis mall starring uh that one guy um i guess is it wallace sean is that him wallace sean yeah the funny guy you know he's He's from uh uh, the princess bride inconceivable he's in some other stuff (laughs) that's uh what's he like don't cut him short what's he most known for is that it Uh, princess bride yeah that that character in the princess bride i feel like he's in like a dumb that and dinner with Andre back in the day that i used to just love or those are the tv show or something oh maybe i don't know I don't know. He's a recognizable face. But, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Anyways, the whole movie is just about the character Wallace and then, um, or no. Oh, yeah, I guess they're playing themselves. Yeah. It's, I didn't really. It's him and Andre, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't really make that connection. But anyways, <laughs> it's just about these two friends who meet for dinner who haven't talked in a long time. And they the whole movie is played out over this dinner. Yeah. And they just have conversations about life and just like the different aspects of it and like how like the Andre character thinks there should be like meaning and like spontaneity and everything. And then Wallace's character is like okay with his like mediocre life and it's just like the clashing ideals of your perspective on life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting and some of the conversations they have are cool. Like... It might be even like something that you could just like throw on and listen to because it's literally just two people talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It's just you have to be ready for a movie that's like literally set over just two people talking for like the entire runtime. It's pretty long too, right? It's like an hour and 40 minutes. And there's like a 10 minute or so opening where it's like a voiceover where Wallace's character is like, you know, talking and then giving you set up for his life and his relationship with Andre before they get to the dinner. But once they get to the dinner, it's just like a, you know, full on conversation, but it is kind of cool how the conversation progresses. Cause like Wallace's character isn't very talkative and is almost like off put by all of Andre's thoughts and ideas. But then he eventually warms up and starts to challenge Andre with his thoughts. And then there's just like a good back and forth. So there is like some sort of progression and tension to it. But, you know, it's still a movie set in, like, one location. Right, right. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I watched Walkabout. Now, that's probably my favorite of the bunch. Directed by Nicholas Rogue. Who directed Don't Look Now. Yeah. Uh, This movie is pretty awesome, but mainly from a uh, visual standpoint. It is a beaut. Does it take place in Australia? Yes. Lots of good uh, wildlife photography. Lots of good outback photography. <laughs> Some good sunsets captured on film. Beautiful. Ruse? Ruse? Kangaroos? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Big time. <laughs> What's that? How about didgeridoos? I don't know what those are. Roos and didgeridoos. That's what the score sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> the score is pretty interesting. I kind of like it. Tall, like yeah, like bongs. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was pretty awesome. It's uh, mainly about this movie, or <laughs> mainly about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's two characters, uh, brother, sister. They basically get left out in the outback to fend for themselves. And then they meet this character person who is experiencing his walkabout. And the walkabout is like this thing you do to basically become an adult where you like live on the land and like experience life on your own. It's like an Australian. Is this like an thing. Aboriginal Australian man? Yeah. Okay. That's good job, Matt. <laughs> he paid attention in history class. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Tom. He gave no clues. <laughs> How did you know that then? Because why else? What like who just sends men out into the wilderness to survive? Like it's not oh. a thing. Well, that... people do it for like tourism. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. But I don't know. know. The way he phrased the sentence, it sounded like he was sent out to complete. It's like a tradition, you know? That's what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what? Yeah. That's why I cued into that. Okay. Yeah, no, it's real. All right. Well, yeah. Anyways, I'm not familiar with it. Spiritual journey. Yeah. So, yeah, they meet this character and then they go on this journey together. And um, it's like a movie about, like, the loss of innocence and, like, communication like the differences in communication not be able to communicate with people who aren't like you know like they don't speak the same language so they don't really connect and then also they come from two completely different backgrounds so there's also a disconnect there um but it's pretty good stuff highly recommended they meet each other on a human level i assume yes (laughs) uh shot corridor was the next one i watched it's um, about this guy who basically goes to an insane asylum to, I feel like, yeah, I, the movie was kind of hard to piece together, but it's basically about this guy who, like, goes to this insane asylum to try and, like, figure out this whole murder mystery, but then because he goes into this insane asylum and, like, kind of, like, becomes one of the members of that asylum he, like, starts to t- turn into a crazy person. So it's like Shutter Island? Kind of, yeah, where it's like you, like, not not like you adapt to your surroundings, but you, like, become your surroundings. Almost. So kind of like Stockholm Syndrome? Like, he's surrounded by, I mean, it's not the same thing, but like he's surrounded by crazy <laughs> people. And, he, and crazy. he, like, slowly starts to, like, believe he's crazy, too. Okay. But I don't know. I feel like the premise is more interesting than the actual movie itself. But it could just be that it's like an old movie and I just didn't gravitate towards it. But that one was okay. Um, I watched Stagecoach. Is that going to get John Ford? Yeah. John Wayne, one of John Wayne's first movies. I think it was his first movie. It was awesome. It's what I remember. Pretty awesome for being 80 years old. Yeah. I'll give that little asterisk next to it. It's uh, 80 years old. 1938, I think. 1939. Right? 39, yeah, Ugh. almost exactly 80 years. God. Um, the action sequences, no. though, in this are pretty awesome. Yeah. For given the circumstances, like, 
I feel like if I were watching this in 1939, it would be the equivalent of watching like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, or Gravity or something. Like I was still impressed <laughs> by the action sequences, even though they're like so completely outdated. Really? Yeah. Like what? Give me an example. What what what's popping into your head right now? Uh, for action sequences? Yeah. Fury Road. No, 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 no. <laughs> this movie. Oh. <laughs> Have you not seen it? No. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Like the the main big action sequence towards the end where it's like the well, it's like a chase what are they on? with horses. the stagecoach. Yeah, there's horses. The Indian cowboys versus Indians. Yeah. Yeah, the stagecoach, they're jumping from horse to horse, sh- shooting guns, mm-hmm. fucking craziness. <laughs> All right. It was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh and That's then That's probably my favorite western, I think. Stagecoach? It's not The Searchers. Really? I've never seen The Searchers. Out of all the westerns in the world? I'm not a big western guy. I know, they are. Unless it's Red Dead. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of westerns are usually cooler than they actually yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. Tombstone? Mm, See, I don't on, even guys. like Tombstone that much. Yeah, it's I a, feel it's like, a good movie. I feel like Tombstone's like, overrated. What? I feel like almost all westerns are underrated. Tombstone is the most quotable movie in the history of film behind <laughs> the big what? lebowski oh okay i was gonna say like <laughs> I, what quotes are in tombstone what huckleberry are, i'm your huckleberry <laughs> i'm coming for you and hell's coming with me uh other stuff that doesn't come to mind right now <laughs> doc holiday's lines all of them i've seen it once and i don't know oh i like kurt russell another one of my uh favorites from this bin session was mikey and nikki Mickey and Nikki, directed by Elaine May. Who? Elaine May. Mm. She, uh, I think she was mostly known for her writing, but she directed a few things. But it's starring uh, Peter Falk and John Cassavetes and Ned Beatty. Mm, it's all cast. Yeah, it's basically about this these two friends who get back together because one of them's in trouble. They like owe money, or they stole money from like a mob boss, and now he's like trying to ditch town. And so he needs his buddy to help him out. But like, it's a very layered friendship. And so you get all the backstory of the friendship throughout the course of the movie. And <clears throat> let me make sure I get the names of the characters right. So yeah, Nikki always is the one who's like, seems to be taking advantage of Mikey. But then like, we'll get conversations throughout the movie where like, he'll basically downplay that. Like that's not the actual case, but I don't know. It reminds me of something like Good Time or like Taxi Driver where it's like one of these like one night type movies and like it's um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's good. The performances are good. I really like the like unraveling of the two characters and then I thought the finale was pretty good as well. Um, oh yeah, and then I watched Breathless. Jean-Luc Godard. Yep, the movie that just set the whole French New Wave on fire, mm-hmm. right? That movie is <clears throat> rad. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. I love that movie. I, I thought it was okay. It was <laughs> one of the first movies to do jump cuts. Oh, okay. I did notice a few what's of those. A, what's a jump cut? <laughs> uh, it's basically like, imagine a scene that takes place over the course of like a minute, and you just like remove chunks of it. And with no transitions, you just pull out chunks, so it literally just jumps ahead in the scene. It's a jump cut. <clears throat> One of the coolest parts of the movie, it was like an artistic flourish, was when he was like weaving through traffic. And the, yeah, when and he was like cutting car. from different parts of his like 
journey and then cutting back. Mm-hmm. Was, that was pretty cool. But I don't know. I feel like it just, and maybe it's just a, a movie of its time, but I, it feel like it, it tried to be like a little too cool, but like it didn't it's really. It's pretty fucking cool. Didn't really execute <laughs> the coolness in the way other cool movies have done it. Drive comes to mind. Yeah, but I feel like French French coolness is just not. That's not really part of your aesthetic. Like I don't really see you like liking you know smoking cigarettes, like having existential conversations, like that kind of French coolness. Yeah, it was a little pretentious. Well, it's pretentious. Yeah, Godard's shit is always pretentious. But that was my uh, first exposure to him, I believe. I've seen one or two other. Have you seen Weekend? No, I haven't seen that that one. That was after Breathless. Oh, I did see. uh, I might butcher the title. Vivre Sevi. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, I think this one. Oh yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it either. Vives, Vives. I did like that one though more than more than Breathless. Not that I really have (laughs) much to say about either of them, but um. Yeah, I need a I need a break from these. I think maybe you should st- stray from French New Wave. Maybe. Tom, Except what you I got? do want to see the uh is it 400 blows is that French New Wave as well? Yeah, that's Truffaut. I do want to check that one. I did watch one other movie on um Your binge? Filmstruck, Looker. Probably a movie you guys never even heard of, directed by Michael Crichton. Michael, like the author, mm-hmm. directed by Michael Crichton, uh, author of Jurassic Park, Haters of the Dead, Sphere, turned into the Thirteenth Warrior, starring Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Not a great movie, though. Yeah, I know he's dead, but he should stick to writing. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> when did this come out? That's my question. Uh, eighty-one. Eighty-one. Okay. It's like a whole like commentary on like advertising in uh, plastic surgery. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting premise, but not a very interesting movie. Hmm. I'll take a break though. Go ahead. I don't have anything. Oh, you don't have anything. I mean, what with all these blazer games and being yeah, a cowboy, what's all 13 blazer games. I think so. So far. Um, I still need to finish Ozark. I've got like two episodes left. That's pretty much loving it. it. Yeah. Um well, I uh I watched Never Been Kissed for the first time, which I think Daily. They're still going to hear. <laughs> I don't know. I turned my mic off so it wouldn't pick up on your guys' mics, but <clears throat> I saw Never Been Kissed, which is a Drew Barrymore romantic mm-hmm. comedy. Mm-hmm. Um I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's not one of my favorites or anything, but I, I liked it a lot. Drew Barrymore is very You ever cute. seen it, Tom? Did you have something you no. want to say about Never Been Kissed? Or you just want to know if we talked about it yet? Oh, okay. <laughs> Talking about it right now. I wasn't sure. It's a great movie from memory. It was one I liked quite a bit back in the day. It's, yeah, it's it's very cute. Uh, Drew Barrymore is awesome in it. Uh, just uh, her, like, kind of quirky, like, idiosyncratic personality. She's awkward, but she's very sweet girl next door vibes you know uh it's kind of like uh 21 jump street in a way what 
It, oh, because she goes back to high school, yeah. and yes. So I didn't know that about this movie. I didn't know that she like is a journalist, and she goes to infiltrate a high school to do a story on it. I didn't know. I that. just made that connection now. When, yeah, so yeah. the twenty-one Jump Street. Yeah, yeah. How I had old no is she idea. Supposed to be in this movie. <clears throat> How old is she? She's her character is twenty-five, I think. And she goes to high school. Yeah. Yeah, she goes. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, twenty-one Jump Street. I mean, she pretends to be a high school kid, and she was a fucking loser in high school so you get like the juxtaposition of like, the intercuts of her in high school being Jonah Hill. her with braces <laughs> <Yeah>. Jonah Hill. <laughs> um but uh the cast is pretty stacked like john c Riley oh, yeah. i'm just seeing it. that and james franco david arquette james right? franco's in it david arquette he's like pretty, the cool older brother pretty deep comedy bench sarah defensentis yeah, Alan Covert. Oh, I think Molly Shannon's in it too. Is she really? Probably. She's she a, is. She's Anita. Yeah, she's great. She's one of the best characters. Yeah, it was awesome. It was very funny. Very cute. I would give it like a four out of five. You know, mm. not one of my favorite rom coms, but very enjoyable. Yeah, I've been meaning to like rewatch that. The quintessential like romantic comedy. Very sweet moment at the end on a baseball field. You get the bookends. Jessica Alba's in this movie. Yeah, she's one of the mean girls. What? In high school, yeah. This <clears throat> cast list is... Everybody's in it, dude. Fascinating. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, Haley has it on. David. David. Dia. Lily Sobieski. What do I know that name from? You know her as... Let me see. Uh, the girl from Deep Impact. <laughs> Deep cuts. Oh, I don't oh, know who. He, no, I it's no the it's the girl it. from like a uh, Joyride. Oh, Paul Walker. Yeah. Mm, okay. Now I'm on board. Let's see who? <laughs> Killer pole right there. <laughs> um, the Glass House. Definitely. Seen she was in like everything times. for a minute, and then she like, was early in nothing. She was like the it girl. <laughs> oh, she was Joan of Arc in the um, bad Joan of Arc. I also watched two horror movies, neither of which were good. Uh, oh, Terrifier, yeah. the clown movie. Oh, yeah. There's a really good movie hiding in <laughs> Terrifier. That's a scary description. It's pretty fucking bad. 2011 or 2016? 2016. The clown is pretty creepy. So yeah. the makeup. Okay. So the good parts about this movie, the yeah, clown. The makeup's good. Whoever they got to do like the special effects, makeup, like all the gore, all that stuff is a star. Like that stuff in the movie is incredible. The way it looks, the script, the acting is all atrocious. But mm. the kills in the movie are very good because the special effects are so realistic and awesome and it's so bloody. I don't think either of you guys should watch this, so I'm going to spoil one of the things in this movie. Uh, why should we not watch it? It's it's awful. Oh, okay. Go on. But there's a scene in the movie, so if you don't want me to spoil one of the kills in the movie, skip ahead like 30 seconds. <clears throat> but there's a woman who is suspended by her legs, and the clown literally takes a saw and starting at her vagina saws her straight through the middle mm-hmm. and you see it like he's chopping through it you see the blood spattering the meat cutting and he stops like in her skull so she's not completely split in half because like her skull it's like is a zipper still... yeah like a zipper <laughs> it's gross that sounds gnarly it looks 
really good. It was pretty uncomfy. I don't know if it's just uh, me getting older or what, but like I used to be totally into that kind of shit when I was in high school. Me too. Saw. But now it never sounds appealing. Oh my god. What is it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like I've been wanting to like watch like the Hatchet movies or like even like the Saw movies. But like, I love the Hatchet movies. Just the thought uh, of putting those on, I'm just like. Did you find a picture of it, Tom? Yeah. Show Travis. Uh, there it is. It's kind of small. So it's like Bone Tomahawk. Oh, I never finished that movie. Oh. You didn't see that part? No, I only oh, watched I was this. Say, I've seen this before, right? <laughs> does that happen in Bone oh, Tomahawk? Fuck. Yes, it does. Similar, yes. but not. The I need to go back to that movie. I turned. I got tired. I turned off after like mm. fifteen Dude, minutes. Dude, Bone Tomahawk was. Brutal. It's better than Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine. Yeah, same director. That movie, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Terrifier movie was not worth watching. Bummer. Uh, Last House on the Left, the original Wes Craven, Wes Craven movie, fucking awful. It's terrible. I don't know how that movie has cult status. I'm surprised that you don't like it or that you hate it as much as you do. It's there's no there's nothing good about the movie. Like you can't even give it credit just for like the fact that it exists and like maybe like you know paved the way for certain movies that you like. I guess I don't really You I didn't mean, find the ending satisfying at all? Were the the parents like? Yeah. No, not really. I thought it was pretty cool. It was it was okay. I mean, for given the given the the situation in the, the film that the film was made in, like probably super low budget, seventies. Like, if you look at it with that frame of mind, I feel like you can like forgive some of its flaws. I need to watch it again though because like you hated it. <laughs> I think the big a big part of it is the music in the movie mm. is so jarring. It's like I don't even know how to describe the music. It's so tonally the complete opposite. Like any tension that this movie might have had is completely <laughs> negated by the music choices in it. It's, I don't even remember the score at all. Is it just goofy? Fuck, like it's goofy, like over the top. It's I don't. Uh, I, I'm struggling to describe. <laughs> Should I pull it up? What the movie, like the music is in the movie. I'm trying to describe. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I can't think of what the music is. It's like it is goofy. It's. It's almost like like the Benny Hanna theme. You know what, what I mean? Like yeah, like Duke's just like really what? corny kind of like it's not country, not but like uh, the dueling banjo. No, not like not like delirious, uh, not delirious, deliverance. deliverance. Just so many, just off kilter, just kill any tension. You the, ever seen the remake? No, I haven't. I've heard it's the pretty remake fucked is up. good. I've heard it's pretty fucked up. Like I would say, it's it's one of those remakes that is better than the original. It's uh, it's unsettling. It, it could have been way more unsettling if the music choices didn't take me out of it. Like it's it's basically about a group of escaped criminals who band together and they're on the run, and they stumble across these two girls. Yes, sounds pretty solid to me. Shit like that <laughs> when like a girl is running through the woods being oh. chased by like psychos. 
fuck? It's, it's bad. Yeah. It's also acted horribly. It looks like trash, like the way it's filmed. I think it was it's super low budget. I think it was Wes Craven's first like directing role, like the first time he directed a movie. It's His, bad. Debut. I, it's I'm, like a two, like a one and a half or a two. I think its legacy is probably mainly in like how shocking it was at the time. You know what I mean? Well, sure. Like it's not shocking at all. But yeah. I've I've seen Halloween. I've seen Black Christmas, which came out like a year. But like later. you know, put yourself in 1970 or whatever. That was probably pretty shocking for people to see. Yeah, sure. But D- not recommended. Not recommended viewing. Yeah, I do think you should check out the remake though. I would like to. Yeah, I thought the Hills Have Eyes remake was better yep. than Wes Craven's original. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Wes Craven sucks. Except Hellraiser. Hellraiser is fucking what dope. Are, is it Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, yeah, he did and Scream? That. Come on. Eh, Scream's good, but... Scream's good. It's not my Scream's favorite. Scream's overrated. But Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, Street and Hellraiser are both fantastic. Amazing. Yes. Have you seen that Steelbook that Arrow released of Hellraiser? I know you're Hellraiser not into Steelbook? Steelbooks, but man, that Steelbook is yeah? tight. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I might pop on it. I need it. Add it to the list. <laughs> I know. So many. Um, I have a couple more, and then we can uh, wrap this up. Call, it, call it a day. You got anything else? That's it for... That's it. Yeah. I mean, I watch some TV, but I don't care. Um, I saw a couple new releases other than the ones we talked about. Beautiful Boy, starring uh, Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. T. Chal. Um, pretty solid movie. It covers a subject matter that's pretty familiar, if you've seen movies like it. (laughs) Substance abuse and just addiction. And the whole movie is basically about watching this this character deal with it, but then also his family around it. Primarily his father, right? Yeah, but you get glimpses of, like, his real mom, then his stepmom, and then, like, his sisters and stuff. But, um... Yeah, I thought it was well made. I thought it was actually well shot, like surprisingly. Like it looked really good. And I think there were some like artistic touches that stood out in the movie other than just being like a generic drama. Um, so the filmmaking is probably its highest praise. Who directed this? Um, some guy. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Felix Van Groningen. He directed uh, the Broken Circle Breakdown and some other uh, foreign movies. Broken Circle Breakdown is actually pretty good. It's uh, probably similar in tone as Beautiful Boy. It's kind of like melodramatic about like a family issue. Um, but yeah, performances were good. Um, I don't think Timothy Chalamet is better in this than like Calling Me by Your Name. And Steve Carell was good in it. And I think he's like a solid dramatic actor, but like there's part of me that will always see Michael Scott in Steve Carell. And that kind of like takes away from his performance, especially when he like tries to get mad in this movie. It just sounds like, is it brick Tamlin from anchorman or like Michael Scott, you know, when he yells and does the like very like bombastic, yeah, his voice, "Ah, I'm angry type thing. Like he does that in this movie. And like, it just comes off as funny to me and like it's supposed to be a super serious moment. I don't have that problem as much as I used to, especially since he did Foxcatcher, mm-hmm. the big shorts. Yeah. Like, but just the like the yell sound that he makes is like 
right out of the office or like Anchorman. And it just like, makes me think of that, that scene in the office when Toby comes back and oh, he sees yeah. him and he's like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. God, no. Like, <laughs> it just fucking cracks me that's, up. That's him getting mad in this movie. Um, and not that it's like a bad thing necessarily because they do like kind of make a point of it at the end of it, but it's kind of after school, especially and kind of like too on the nose with what it's trying to do. Like it's a message type movie. Like, you know, this it's not is subtle. This is serious shit. Right. And then at the end, there's like the text about like statistics about, you know, overdoses and all that. And like, I think it even gives like information on where to get help and stuff. And so like, I can appreciate it for that aspect where it's like trying to bring awareness to the matter, but I also feel like it's a pretty known issue and just watching it as a movie throughout, it would felt a little heavy handed, you know, yeah. but then at yeah. the end I was like, okay, I see what you're trying to do. So I won't be too harsh about it, but it was solid. Um, and then I also saw Bohemian Rhapsody, oh. the queen movie, the Freddie Mercury movie. So, I have a question for you. Sure. Whose side are you on? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I'm on the positive side. Oh, wow. So it's the only way the to audience. answer that question. Critics were also positive if you check the score. Right, but were you with the critics or the audience? <laughs> You were with both of them? Uh, they were both positive, so I guess I was with both. Great. Okay. Glad Roll on. We, uh... Carry on, my wayward son. <laughs> That's the wrong band, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody quite a bit. Oh. It's a audience. pretty... Hashtag audience. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty generic biopic, and I do feel like they... Do you spend a, like most of the time on Freddie Mercury or Rami Mal, Rami Malek portraying Freddie Mercury? Um, but let's be honest, he's the front man. He's you know he's the the image of Queen. I don't care about. I don't care who else is in Queen. Me neither. I don't even know who else is in Queen. <laughs> who cares? No, nobody. Else. They Freddie do give Mercury. them some stuff though. Um, but yeah, um, the the main like things to praise about this movie is his performance. I think he's awesome. And it's not really that he's like doing an impression of him. He's kind of just doing his own thing. That's similar to Freddie Mercury. Um, but yeah, I think he pulls it off and just all the music I think is like the way they incorporate it in the movie is pretty cool. It did have kind of like a straight out of Compton vibe though, where they would like show how the song progressed or was like created so I feel like they borrowed from that a bit. And it just, yeah, it felt pretty generic. And it also could have been a bit longer. Like, they only focused on a certain part of his career and his life. And I don't They know. don't really get into, like, the, the live aid, like, AIDS era. They, well, this isn't really a spoiler because it's, like, real life stuff. But the movie ends with the live aid performance. Oh, okay. But that, in the movie, it's played out, like, pretty much, like, Minute I heard for someone minute. say it's like 20 minutes. Yeah, or it's like pretty much the whole set because their their set was only like 20, 25 minutes anyway. This sounds terrible. It, I don't want to watch a dramatic No, recreate. I know. I've just watched the Live Aid concert. Right. It felt a little like 
a little long in that part, but I could kind of see what they're going for to try and like make it, it like pretty indulgent, inauthentic performance or like recreation of yeah. the moment. And there's certain parts of that whole extended sequence that are really good, but then there's also some parts that are kind of corny. Like they'll cut to the crowd and the crowd will like act like they're super into the music and stuff, but it just feels so like forced and like it, it's people like putting on like a, you know, like they're in an audience right, watching a fake performance. Energy. Yeah. But then there are certain parts where like it actually feels authentic. So it's like, it's hard to knock it too much, but um yeah, ultimately, I was on the positive side. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to see it, though. I'm not interested in this movie. I'm not going to Why see aren't it. you interested in it? Because Queen sucks. <sighs> Queen. I think you're wrong. It doesn't suck. You mean Rhapsody is their only good song. No, that you're wrong. Yeah, I think Queen's an awesome band. Like, they like embody the rock band. Mm-hmm. No, that's Led Zeppelin, dog. They have so many like different sounds and genres. Like, I just feel like they're multi-talented. Oh, they're talented. And it doesn't mean I want to listen to their music. Do you listen to their deeper cuts or just because I feel like some of their songs are so overplayed that I'm just like, yep, not interested. Like, we will rock you or we are the champions. Those songs are so like of my childhood, where like that was the song to like listen to if I was, you know, like, like at your middle school basketball <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> but like beyond that like those aren't that cool songs to listen to but they're perfect for like you know like halftime shows at a hockey game or something like that to get a crowd yeah i think to me the movie trailer just seemed generic just seemed bland it doesn't seem like it's taking any risks or like it's it's a very generic story um i don't know just not interesting you know, and like Freddie Mer- Mercury is such a, a figure, like a towering figure. I feel like you could have maybe taken some liberties and not done like the traditional story, but I don't know. I'm having to make it more fantasy. I don't know. Just something interesting. He's kind like... of a fantastical creature. Fantastical <laughs> creature. Yep. I mean, is it real life or is it fantasy? No, it's it's real life. <laughs> No, oh, you mean Rhapsody? Okay, Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. No, I got it. I, I don't know. I don't know what I want from it. I just, I don't want what it was showing me, mm. which is like vanilla. Well, it's less vanilla than wildlife. That's for sure. It's fun. It's it was the only thing that could really blow me away about this movie is if Remy Malek's performance is like captivating. It is. And incredible. It is. Still you just said. Not enough. You just said. Captivating and incredible. <laughs> if it if it was that, then you'd be interested, and it is. I guess so. So I was lying when I said that, because I'm still not okay. interested. All right. Well, I mean, you just told me how the movie was, and you said it was fine. So No, I'm on the positive side. <laughs> okay. Um, four, four out of five, if that gives you any inclination of how I felt. Yep. That's what I give a wild life. What about that comedy you were alluding to? Mm. That's the you second. Should... That's the last thing I want to talk about. So is there something else second you want to, to say before thing. that? Okay. Kate Fear. Martin Scorsese's Kate Fear. You guys uh-huh. ever seen that? With De Niro? Yeah. A long time ago. You have seen it. I don't remember much about it. No. What are you looking for? The bathroom? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's uh, really good. 
it's uh i think uh robert de niro's performance is really good in it he uh maybe a little over the top at times but i feel like it works for the most part um but yeah it's an awesome movie it's basically just about this character who was you know robert de niro's character is like wrongfully convicted or you know he shouldn't have gotten sentenced as long as he he did and so he gets out and it's like his vendetta to like try and make it right with him and his defense attorney who's nick nolte and so he like basically terrorizes nick nolte's family the entire movie to try and like make things right in the world and he's very like philosophical and like kind of crazy and yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty entertaining thriller though. Yeah, I'd like to see it again. I was probably on, like twelve uh, or thirteen. It's when on I saw Netflix. It. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I should watch it soon. So the last movie I want to talk about is An Evening with Buffer- Beverly Lufflin. Oh yeah, okay. Greasy the Strangler, director of the Greasy Strangler, his latest feature. Starring Craig Robinson, Aubrey Plaza, Emil Hirsch, Jermaine, Jermaine. Clement. Emil so, Hirsch is in it too? Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that. I uh, love this movie. Yeah? Loved it. Loved it. Um, it's not perfect, but it's a little rough around the edges, but I still loved it. The highs were high enough that I could forgive some of the, the low points. <laughs> it's definitely more accessible than The Greasy Strangler. It's definitely funnier. And I feel like just like more cohesive as a story. Like, I just feel like there's more going on. Um, But it's just basically about like a bunch of like misfits in the world who are like trying to find someone or something to grasp onto because they're all kind of weird. What's the setting of this movie? Like, is it modern day or? Yeah, but it's set in this like weird I mean, it's set in reality, but it's like almost like a David Lynch reality where the characters and some of the settings are kind of off-putting. Yeah, hyper-stylized. Yeah. The look of the movie, though, was pretty awesome. It was uh, well shot. It's got some good uh, color compositions. What about the music? Because I like the music a lot. The score was awesome in this as well. Is it the same guy? Whoever or oh, I don't whoever, know. Whoever did the score for Greasy Strangler, you don't know. I don't know, but I did really like the score of this. And then there was also this like dance number towards the end of a song. I, it's an unknown song, um, but I really like the song and just the scene itself. Um, but yeah, it's it's super funny and just entertaining. And like, there's certain parts where I was just dying laughing, yeah, and I was not expecting that. Um, I don't want to give any of that stuff away, but um, yeah, very enjoyable. You love this movie. I, I need love it. to check up or uh, catch up, catch up with that one. You do, cool. But yeah, it's it's got some like very like crass, absurd humor that like workaholics has. Like I was getting workaholic vibes, but then it's got this like weird world and characters to it, and just like the look of it reminded me of something like David Lynch. So. Right. It's a very weird movie, but I dig it. Cool. I will definitely try and see that before uh, end of the year. There it is. That was I, the last how did you one, see right? that one? I rented it on Vudu for five ninety nine. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had a two dollar credit that was expiring the night of, so I was like, "Fuck it." Gotta pull the trigger. I didn't want to waste the two dollars, and I didn't want to spend two hours trying to find something, <laughs> so I just pulled the trigger. 
Okay. Don't watch the Greasy Strangler. <laughs> Dude, I love Greasy Strangler. Start with this. If you love this, maybe go back to that. Travis caught me. Caught me peeking. <laughs> <laughs> you did not love the Greasy Strangler. What'd I give it? Three stars. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it three wax balls. I would watch I wanna watch it again. It's I actually want to watch it again now <laughs> that so I. So strange. I think I just. I think I gave it a three because I was like, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I don't even know. As Travis said earlier, I can't even. <laughs> um, okay, that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, I'm looking at what's coming up in the next couple of weeks here. Widows. We got our work cut out for I us. Know. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, I will we, be seeing Are that we one. making that a featured review? No, no, no. Okay. no. You guys don't care. Looks right? kind of fun. I'm excited for it, but I'm not gonna... excited. I didn't I saw like most of Fantastic Beasts on the plane. I got I'm bored. a Potterhead. You guys aren't really Potterheads. I'm not. What are you talking about? I'm totally a Potterhead. He's You're a Potterhead? He's... I've read the books multiple times. What house are you in? What house am I in? Yeah. Look at me. You're clearly Slytherin. What? Ouch. I don't fucking know. Ouch. You're Gryffindor. Ravenclaw? Travis knows. Oh, I'm I'm Gryffindor too. You guys are such nerds. <laughs> We're both heroes. <laughs> Why? I feel like Gryffindor is such the like the twelve year old answer. What? You know? No, but bro, we took the, we took the quiz and it placed us. The sorting hat placed what? us okay. in Gryffindor. Actually the I know we're trying to end this. Sor- but what qualifies you? Or classifies you to each house. Like, what personalities do you have to portray to be Hufflepuffs in a certain house? Hufflepuffs are fucking nerds. No, they're not. <laughs> Hufflepuffs? Yeah, they are. No, the nerds are in Ravenclaw. No, but sure. Let's but be honest. The Hufflepuffs, they're fucking Hufflepuff. Hufflepuffs are, nerds. are nice people. Ravenclaws okay. are the scholarly nerds. Yeah, they're the cold, Hufflepuffs are just heartless the, nerds. The boring nerds. There, there are nerds in every house. That's true. Well, yeah, it's Hufflepuff is nice. Ravenclaw is like distant and weird. Gryffindor, they all are self-obsessed and think they're heroes. And Slytherin are all self-obsessed Evil. and think that narcissists, they're, they're megalomaniacs. Take over the world. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. What house is uh, Arpat in? Arpat? Yeah. What is Arpat? He's Hufflepuff. I'm Hufflepuff. Is he really Hufflepuff? <laughs> yeah, Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff. Oh. I'm Hufflepuff for sure. Potterhead. <laughs> you didn't know that? Don't say that like you. you no one wants to be Hufflepuff. I do. I kind of want to. They there. live near the kitchens. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where the, the, the pear painting is. Mm-hmm. So you can get into the kitchens with Dobby and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what I was saying Fantastic Beasts, we got Widows. We got Green Book, which I'm excited to see. Oh, yeah. No. I'll watch that. No. No, no. Or Tom, why do I keep doing that? <laughs> it's probably because you're sitting right next to me. Yeah. Ralph breaks the internet. No. Creed two. No. The favorite. Yes. Roma. Holy What's that? fuck! Is that going to hit Netflix in the next two weeks? It says November twenty first. It says coming to theaters. I don't know what mm. the what the Netflix uh, mm. streaming release is. Sorry, I'd look this up on my phone, but it's something I have to go well, to sleep. I'll probably watch all those except. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and Where to Claim Them or whatever it's called. Oh, December 14th is the streaming release. But mm. I want to see Roma in a theater if I get the opportunity. Dude, I wonder if that what? Crest Cinema will play it. They, Crest Cinema, the one in uh, Shoreline. Do they play like the Netflix? They've been playing show? some Netflix stuff. Like Outlaw King, King is playing there Before right now. Before it comes out? 
No, like same time. But See, maybe this is this is an actual like theatrical. But maybe they'll weeks, get it. Bro. What is Roma? Maybe it. It's Alfonso Cuarón's new movie. A huge praise. Yeah, dude. Ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah, which side do you fall on? The the ninety nine percent critic score or the ninety five percent want to see score. <laughs> I need to rewatch Ichimama Tambien. Great flick. I also need to rewatch that because I did not like it. Love that. Movie. Maybe I'll pick that up in the Criterion sale. Huh? I have it. If you, uh... you Criterion. Mm-hmm. No, let's buy it. It's one of the big sets too. Is it thirty? Is it going to cost me twenty five instead of twenty? No, but it's like in a bigger box. Like a bigger box. Okay. So anyway, I don't know what we're all going to get a chance to see, but we got some, some what, shit. Widows is probably a for sure. I think so. Yeah, I think we're all pretty excited to see Widows. Um, I wasn't, well, but now I am. Yeah, it looks awesome. It doesn't look awesome. Steve McQueen, heist. Yeah. And Julian Flynn. Julian Flynn wrote the screenplay. All you got to say is Steve McQueen, heist movie, I'm in. <laughs> okay. okay, so we'll see. We're going to have some shit next episode. <laughs> uh, but that's it for this one. So we're going to call it a night. Uh, shoot us an email, cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Tell us which side you're on. Yeah, which side. Hashtag critic, hashtag audience. Chime positive in on or social positive. media. <laughs> hashtag positive or positive. Uh, hashtag. Uh, I thought I thought it was pretty funny when we were texting and you were like, Rotten Tomatoes deals in black and white. And I was like, deal in <laughs> oh, red yeah. and green, dummy. <laughs> And I, I made myself laugh. Knew that. I laughed. That's what cost you your job at Rotten Tomatoes. No, 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 no. That's when you put in your application that's black and white. God, you guys. <laughs> Remember, I don't see color. <laughs> right. Hashtag colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag post race. <laughs> um, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, do all of our shit. Twitter. You know how it goes. Um, We'll be back in a few weeks. Thank you, oh, everyone. Oh, one oh, last thing. Oh. Watch game night and tell Tom he's high on life. Tell me I missed out after yeah. the twenty minute mark and how good it got. Hashtag so. gay for game night or hashtag lame night. Oh. <laughs> I haven't yet. No. It's good. Oh yeah, I, I said you I heard it here. Second, I said it earlier that Haley liked it. Oh, I didn't. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Well, you need to watch it. Oh, I'm gonna. And I'm gonna. you need to actually watch you need it. To get your shit together, Tom. <laughs> so disappointed in you. You don't hook me in the first three seconds. I'm out. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. I'm not one of those fools who just watches John Dealman for four hours and then convinces himself that it was good. Yeah, dude. That was a, that was a force me? feed. Big time force feed. <laughs> oh, no. It's all about the journey. No way. All about the journey. No way. <laughs> Okay. It's not my favorite movie or anything, so fuck off. <laughs> Respect it, okay? Respect the craft. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Goodbye. Get it off, man. Joking.